The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Wowza, what a show. Just got done taping. Maddie Holt, Fezzik, and Fezzik, 6-0 and so far on his number one best bet. We lead off the show with that going for 7-0 and from Fez. That one's not a sure thing. This is Bet DSI, their deposit bonus, double your first deposit up to $2,500. Think about it. To some degree, it's, yeah, I put up 1000 Now I have 2000 Very appealing. But here's the thing you got to ask yourself. What does that 2000 mean to you? If you're a gambler, it means more bullets in the gun. You're able to gamble and play more. 20 years in the business for Bad DSI, good rep for customer service, fast payouts, and here's how you double your money. Promo code BELL101, B-E-L-L-101, and whatever you deposit initially, you literally get it doubled. And hey, you all got to decide what to bet. But Fez is 6-0, and oh, so if you're going to bet number seven, you might as well get the best line. If you have one out or two outs, going from one to two or two to three is vital. Listen, if you got five, six, or seven, you don't need an extra out. It helps. Not a big deal. But boy, if you have less than three and you're getting your money doubled up here, check it out. BetDSI.com, promo code for that doubling, Bell 101. Now let's get into the pod. Giddy up. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable, broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right, NFL week number seven with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, making his return, the VIG, longtime bookmaker, Maddie Holt. To my right, this guy. Perfection. Is that the word? Yes, it is. Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. Fez, we were talking about perfection. Well, let's think about what that means. You. Oh, there we go. You are undefeated on your best bets. I'm not sure I can bench press 200, RJ, but I currently have a six pack, six and oh. That is strong. And guys, you know it. We start, unlike any other podcast, until they start copying us. With the best bets. Now, these just aren't, aren't like kind of fun best bets. They're best bets that we are entering into the super contest, both classic and gold. We've never entered the same five picks, but we've never had a losing week on any of the 12 entries. Six and zero, oh, non-losing weeks. We did have a two, two and one in the classic six and zero, oh, non-losing weeks in the gold and guys in the gold. Now the gold's 5,000 bucks. We're two games out of first $5,000 entry entry. 600,000, 600,000, 600,000. I gotta be honest. I don't think we've gotten hot yet. No, I I mean, we've been treading water. Moose Rocco has been hot. Help the judge yeah, find his fact, checkbook. Yeah. Well, that's one of five picks every week. Mm-hmm. So here's what we do. We do it every week. We start with 
Fez's best bet first, Maddie second, mine third. And these are three we will enter in the contest unless something drastic changes. I think we've had two changes out of 18 picks, three times six. So we've been pretty consistent. Let's do it. Showtime! Woo! Fast, since you've won the Super Contest twice, you're not going to get nervous. Who do you got? Best bet. Baltimore Ravens, late two and a half, hosting the New Orleans Saints. I got to tell you, RJ, this is kind of like a basic strategy, go-to best bet that the pros look to make whenever they can. I get the elite defense in the NFL, Baltimore Ravens, number one D, mediocre offense, a little bit below average. They're hosting a high-flying, prolific offense, the Saints. They're my number three offense. But this D, I really think will keep them in check. And the Saints defense, well below average. I have Baltimore three and a half home field advantage. These two teams are comparable. Let's stop there. I think the Ravens are them in Arizona when Arizona's playing well are the sneaky good home fields in the NFL. Baltimore is in that list. I'd say they're what? Sixth, seventh, eighth best home field? Yeah, I've got them number five, but people don't know it, so they're sneaky, yes. You agree with that, Matty? Baltimore, number five? Or just a, a above average home field that people... Yes. Uh, but so, I, three and a half, that's well above home... That's pretty... That's a good how, how many teams? How many teams do you have above three, Fez? I have only... I think six teams. I got the Vikings at three and a half. Obviously, Green Bay and Seattle at four. And Saints. Saints, because they're having a really good year, are three and a half. When the Saints are having a bad year, I lower their home field advantage. And we got to watch Seattle as the season progresses, how that Because the crowd noise in Seattle, they've had home games after the season has seemed to be lost for Seattle. But it's been big home games against the Rams. you got to wonder when it's kind of a flatty game. Well, Coward has them as his number 10 team, so that won't happen, right? Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. We talked about home field. Let's talk about the Saints D, and I'm actually going to ask Maddie this because we disagreed with this on Straight Out of Vegas. 1-32, to 32, where's the Saints D? Uh, I would say 24, 23. All right, Fez, you thought 20. Yeah, you know, I think my number is giving too much weight to preseason expectations, and we talk about how when the season's early on, the first half of the year, you continue to weight your expectations. But now we're we're in week seven. I think I got to dump that expectation of, that I had of the Saints having a slightly above average defense going into the year. Football outsiders, great with the analytics. They say if you have a team that's really good or bad at, some, uh, at one side of the ball and it changes significantly in one year, you tend to get a regression, not all the way back, but somewhere in between. Saints two years ago, bad D. Last year average feels like coming somewhere in the middle between 16 and 32 makes sense. And that's where Maddie's got him. That sounds like where you've got him. I, yeah, I think I had them in the around 20th, but I think that Maddie's number, frankly, is a better number. But let's be honest, on national radio 200 stations, I said you were wrong at 21st. You did. All right, so let's all give Maddie credit. He can validate. I think you're both correct, <laughs> Mr. Bell. And I, I already have my spreadsheet. I'm updating that number as we speak. Okay, leaner like on this game, Viggy, Mr. Vig. You know, I, I toss this around. I feel like sometimes, and, and I've seen it over my years behind the counter, there's certain games of the year you knew all the Sharps were going to come one side. And this was one of those games. Now, when you say game of the year, do you mean before the week of the game or, you, or the week of the game? The week of the game. You knew the Sharps were all going to come on one side of a game. 
And you knew if the public didn't come on the other side, because everyone assumes the Saints are going to be the public side here, that this thing could get ugly. And this is one of those standard kind of pro-style handicapper plays, right? The Saints away from home, playing a good team with a good defense in what could be considered a cold-weather city. Um, You know, usually it's especially prevalent Halloween or later. I, I get it. I I, I just think I, I couldn't jump on this one fully, but I certainly don't want the Saints for all those reasons. There's a reason that those spots are so dominated by the pros because normally they get home, and this is one of them. In theory, this spot is really bad for New Orleans. It's really good for Baltimore. I certainly don't want to fade it, and I don't have a really good analysis as to why I'm not jumping on, but I'm a little hesitant here. Well, listen, I love your instincts to be hesitant going with the the as i call them now the duct tape shoe sharps the guys that you know their name probably if you follow the industry they're going to look at these given spots and you're they're always playing them but they have shoes with duct tape on them they're not winning a lot of bets i don't think this is one of those maybe because i like it but (laughs) the ravens but i think it's more because the saints are such I mean, like serious people, like a Mike Lombardi says, Saints may be, you know, best or second or third best offense. There's so much love for Breeze amongst the analytics guys, against the serious handicappers. It doesn't feel like this is one of those classic popular teams that are paper tigers. I think the Saints are good, but I think the Ravens are probably a smidge below them. But it is perfect spot. It is on the so road. If the Ravens are a smidge below them. This line's perfect. If the spread's supposed to be three, I think it's three and a half. Because if you take the Saints on the road, heavy. that's it, heavy NFL. But if you take the Saints on the road, combined, which are they are bad, relatively bad road team with the Ravens at home, you add it up. This. Let me ask you this: How many matchups in the league? Here's an interesting question: How many matchups in the league? Would the if this went were in New Orleans, would the flip be bigger than this one? So what you've got is a home team that needs to be home and a road team that needs to be home. There's probably like a handful. But this is one of them. I agree. So it's yeah, gotta be more like than three. To eight, three. Yeah. So it, it's that you know, to me that's the drive. And it's two and a half. He, here's the only thing that scares me. And I don't know how to do this, but I bet there's a way. Go to every handicapping site in the country this week and see how many of them are on the Baltimore Ravens. It's just one of those spots. You know it coming into the week behind the counter. Every guy who gives out picks has the Ravens this week, period. But most of them aren't 6-0 and like Faz. I'm not saying that there, any of them are wrong. I'm not saying yeah, that it's the pick wrong. I just, I feel like hey, those auto spots, it's, why I agree. is this game going to three? If it's an auto bet. Well, because the public, in the NFL, and you know this better than anyone, correct me if I'm wrong, the one sport where if the public is heavy, it, they're like going to hold the line. Go grab some of these so-called public betters because we all agree the public's more educated than ever. I feel like even the public now thinks, "Ah, oh, Saints away from home." I'll tell you what scares me is in 2018, there's never been a league built more around quarterbacks being able to sit in the pocket and throw the football, and there is a huge disparity in this game between the quality of quarterbacks between Joe Flacco and Drew Brees in a league where you can't hit the quarterback anymore. I'm getting points with Drew Brees. I don't always want to go against that. Well, Baltimore hit the quarterback at least 11 times last week. They got 11 sacks. I, I, 
this is the most amazing stat of the season, in my opinion. In the second half of game, six games for the Ravens, they've given up 15 points. Not last week. <laughs> Combined. Six games times two, 12 quarters, 15 points. Playing the Bengals, playing the Steelers, so some this, good offense. This is a fascinating can a great defense stop a great offense in into, 2018. The, into 2018? It is. It's. It's. If it's ever going to be a good test, it's this one. Because if it's if this game were in New Orleans and the line was three and a half, I might like the Saints. I do think that home field is so important. By the way, maybe this is making Maddie's point. Dave Esler with his best bet. It's on this. It's on. Wait a minute. It's it's actually going against you. It's on the Saints. So here's a guy selling picks that likes the Saints. Let's hear why. Free pick this week, the Saints plus two and a half over the Ravens. And I just know there's blowback coming on this one. <laughs> the Saints are the very public side right now. Three quarters of the tickets on the Saints. And that line's actually a little closer to three than it is two and a half. I'm not a Joe Flacco fan. Never have been. Never will be. The guy had as many TD passes last year as Josh McCown. Since 2014, the guy's thrown 52 touchdowns and 40 picks, and I'm still trying to ascertain in what world does that justify that contract. I think the Saints are going to get Marshawn Lattimore back. That's not going to help Flacco. Baltimore's offense hasn't had anyone rush for more than 68 yards a game. Baltimore's defense hasn't played an offense yet. Sorry, RJ. Saints off a of bye week. Sean Payton is 7-4. and four. Saints are 12-5 and five against the spread on the road the last three years. They get Mark Ingram back. This number says they're essentially even on a neutral field. I don't think they are. I'll take the Saints plus the points. Essentially even on a neutral field? No. Even if the line, if God comes down and say it's supposed to be minus three, minus 110, and it's two and a half minus 110, Fez, if you're betting that, what are you doing? Max bet 55%. You're hit, that, that gets you to 55. This line's supposed to be three. And we're laying two and a half. You're going to win 55. Yeah, because if we lay three, we're going to go 45, 10, and 45. If we lay two and a half, we're going to go 55 and 45. Fez, you're rock solid on this one, baby. Any closing thoughts, Matty? No, I just, yeah. I mean, I, I one of the things that may be interesting in this game is the weather. They tend to get a little wind in that stadium, which I think has always been a help to their defense. And, um, you know, Fez and I saw different differentiating weather reports. If the wind gets into double digits, it'll certainly help Fez's side. If the wind is around three to four miles an hour, it, it's probably better for Drew Brees and the Saints passing offense. And if it comes down to the final seconds, we have Mr. Automatic Justin Tucker, who can hit from 60. Esler made a point about the ticket count. Now, it is Wednesday afternoon only. Pregame.com, go to the Game Center. 85% of the tickets on the Saints, the bets, 85%, 51% of the money. So the bigger bets on the Ravens with Fez. I like it. Matty Holt gets to go second. Here's an interesting topic about that on Wednesday real quick, and I'll go really fast. No, here. please. But everybody talks about um, these early disparities in public percentage. The public, the real public, doesn't bet till the weekend. I agree That's with the that. the real public. I agree. And the guys that bet early in the week aren't all razor sharp. Some of these guys, they try to get the best number they can. And the best number they can get 
is early in the week. So and they and look, they may say they're betting big, but a nickel is their regular unit. So if they can only get down a nickel, they're fine with it because that's what they're going to bet on the game is a nickel. The guys that are betting 100 dimes a game can't get down until Friday anyway. So it goes back to my point of every like semi-sharp guy, early number grabber, they're all going to be on Baltimore in this game. So, of course, the money should be split that way. But under that theory, why is 80? Let me agree with you, but let me say I don't think it means what you're trying to say it means. Right now, we only have the universe of bets that's been taken. Now, with our sources of information, we've got the dollar count. There's been $35,000 bet. And 282 bets. So let's agree it's a modest sample, but it's still, you know, almost 300 bets. Whenever the ticket counts one way and the cash is significantly the other, it means the bigger bets. Correct. All right. Agreed. Now, bigger. in this case, the small bets might be 200 and the big bets might be 2,000. Whereas on Sunday, the small bets are going to be $10 and the big bets might be 50000 But it's still showing you within this quasi-sharp universe of early batters, there's still most of them are on the Saints, but the bigger ones are on the Ravens, right? And, yeah. that, and that same thing may be the case Sunday, but it will mean something different because the universe of big and small are different people. So I think that's very insightful, but I think it's still the same message. Even amongst... You're saying everyone that thinks they half know is going to be on the Ravens. No, 85% are on the same so far. 85% of the tickets. Yeah. From where your information is. Yes. I mean, I can't get well, into any information yeah, I understood. see, but I don't, I, my, I think the numbers I've seen are drastically different. Well, then that's shocking to me because, and, and I think that's one I'd be interested. If you say you can't get into it and you say, I'll just say, I'd like to get into that. Because I haven't seen, and I know no, you I can't. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, and, and, and just to let people know why, is, you know, Maddie, long time at CG Technology Vice President. Now he has a, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, I run a game integrity and fraud prevention company called U.S. Integrity. Yeah. And you get, uh, as part of what you do, you're watching the money flow in. Sure. And part of your commitment to the people that give you that data is you're not going to use that specific data. 100% confidentiality. Exactly. So what I would say is this. I feel very... Let's agree to this. Would you be willing to bet me... If I say to you, I think 65% of the tickets by any source we want to pick that's reasonable come kickoff are going to be on the Saints. Would you take that bet? I say yes, 65 or over. 65 or over. Let me think on it. I just want to think about what source we're going to use because that could be a bet. Yeah. All right. Let's think about it. All right. Next game. Because what happens when all those handicappers give out? I'm not sure they're going to. Then everybody gets Baltimore. And let's be honest. Most of the handicappers that you know the name of have like 27 clients. I think that whole old school, sure. you know, back when Doc used to move the line, yeah, and he sure. did, he did the Doc's Big Ten game of the year. It did move the line, famous, sure. But 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 the fact of the matter is, the whole market was so much smaller. Like it was the people who Agreed. were playing. A lot I of agree. them did get the percentage of people who are buying picks today are so much smaller than it used to be. There's more raw people buying. But most people aren't. And it depends on who's buying it. Because I don't have a lot of buyers for my bet like a pro program, RJ. But when I text that out, <laughs> then the screen moves. Well, you must have some serious ones. You know, the, uh, you know, some people would say, well, let's say it like this. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. 
I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. That's you, Fez, apparently. As long as I don't have the wrong side. <laughs> oh, so they know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the screen starts to go one way and then it reverses. I will say this. When you when you play a you know team total, like something that's a, a, a less liquid market, I think there's certainly some truth to what you're saying, which is very impressive. All right, Maddie, can't wait any longer. Your best bet. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles here, and it's not often that I have a favorite here as my best bet, but I really like the way this Eagles team has come around. You know, I think that they rushed Carson Wentz back from injury probably a week earlier than they should have, and that's a serious injury, torn ACLs, and it takes a little bit of time to you know even get the confidence back that your knee's okay, I can do the things I used to be able to do. But what we're starting to see the past few weeks is Carson Wentz coming around, starting to be able to play the type of football we know that he can play. And finally, this team's starting to get a little bit healthy on both lines, other than the Jason Peters torn bicep this week. But he's probable, right? He is probable. They'll wrap it up. Uh, You know, they're getting some help back in the secondary. And this is an offense now that I think is starting to click. And we know the strength of this Philadelphia Eagles team is that defensive front seven. And they're starting to look like that defensive front seven from last year. And I just think this Carolina offense, it struggles every single week until the fourth quarter when they're down. Dead last in the NFL and passes that completed in the air over 15 yards. They don't have a vertical passing game right now. It's hard to move the football if you can't go down the field against this front seven. Um, If I'm playing it, I'm laying it, and I'm laying it with the Philadelphia Eagles. If I'm playing it, I'm laying it. From the VIG, Matty Holt, Fez. I agree, and I really like Matt. You you lean or like? I, I lean. I'm sorry. And what I really liked about Matty's handicap is I think that he nailed it. Where is the Eagles defense struggling? The secondary, getting beat deep on occasion. Well, when they play the Giants, a team that can't throw the ball down the field, they are absolutely fine. And now they're playing another team that doesn't typically throw the ball down the field. Greg Olson, the tight end, comes back, but he's not going to be a deep threat. And because of that, I think that Eagle defense that has struggled will once again play a fine game. With extra rest and preparation, of course, too, coming off the Thursday nighter. Yeah, I wish that they didn't play so well against the Giants because it feels like it got a little expensive. I thought coming off of the Minnesota loss, there was some real opportunity with, but I, you know, I didn't want to, you know, all the money was on the Giants in that Thursday night game. Not going to lie, that game hurt my feelings and my wallet. <laughs> so you like the Giants in that game too? Yeah, I bet the Giants pretty big plus three. Yeah, and it, it closed what, one and a half? Two, went back up to two. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love the logic here because one, I do think Wentz, his trend line is going to be significantly up. I also think that a lot of the injuries that people don't pay as much attention to, the Eagles were really beat up. With that coming together, and listen, in the NFL, everyone's playing hard. The question is, are you playing at a fever pitch? Eagles can't lose a home game here. I mean, they could, but they're the defending champions. It feels like, I don't think there's any question about the focus of the Eagles, which oftentimes a home favor, you don't know. Last thing, Panthers, I actually like them at home. I think their home road split this year especially, and I know there hasn't been a ton of games, but if you look at their defense on the road, the Panthers have struggled. And at home, it's been pretty good. Again, it could be a small sample, but if you're looking on a per-play basis, there's still hundreds of plays. 
Fez, how, how do you account for the home road split? You know, I've got Carolina at two and a half, but frankly, every year is a new year, and sometimes you got to rethink this. I had doubt. But the, but the paradox is you only have a handful of games in a year, right? Even right. the whole season. Like, look at the Cowboys, the team we always talk about. Oh, they got such a limited home field advantage, and all they do this year is win at home and lose on the road. All right, so... No one's disagreeing. Remember, we can actually fade and veto, but it's an auto $500 bet. By the way, we have our best bets number two at the end of the pod. Fez and Maddie on a crossfire. And Fez is like making, is that like some gangster money motion you're making? It's like the Johnny Manziel dollars, <laughs> dollar signs. I was going to go with the like, like the McGregor swag, but I decided not to. Thank you. Uh <laughs> Maddie, you see, you have your own green button. I do. Everyone has one now, so there's no reach. Not yet. Not we, yet. We don't. Well, you can. You can do it on anything. All right. Next game, my best bet. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus three. Now, I actually bet Atlanta. I thought it was. I you know the, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the old Pirates baseball announcer. They might. He might still be there. Whenever the Buccos would win at the end, he would say. And there was no doubt about it. You know, no matter if it was an easy one or a... (laughs) I felt that about the Falcons. Maddie, what did you think? I I thought it was one of the worst beats I'd taken all year. Just because the decision-making, too, by the... Who kicks a 57-yard field goal in that spot? Or if Tampa Bay makes a two-point conversion, they cover. There were so many ways... Tampa Bay covers that game. Atlanta is such a big underdog to get the cover at the end. But, of course, they did. Now, <laughs> here's what's demented. Maddie has a piece of a... We had Atlanta in our pool. I'm sorry, in our gold. And would you have a nickel on it? I, I don't remember. <laughs> and he's still crying. You'd think he'd be thinking, well, at least I was hedged out in a way. Right, and we were laying three and a half. We we liked it so much, Fez. We were willing to lay three and a half on it. Yeah, we went contrarian, figuring we'd pick up a game if we got it. And I got to tell you, I ordered a fathead, Matt Bryant, the kicker. He, I don't know if he tore his groin or his hamstring, but he injured himself kicking that fifty-seven yarder. That's a kicker I can get behind going forward. So if you look at the Browns, we had this stat. We actually had this stat first. Second team in thirty years entering last week that their first five games were all within four points. And we felt like three OTs plus two other close games, mental, physical fatigue, home game, Chargers come in and dominate. I'm not sure how much. I mean, let's think since the Chargers were like, no one knows they're laying four and a half to the Raiders at home. They beat the Raiders easily and they beat the Browns. But Let's not, if the Browns aren't as good as we might think, let's not go, go overboard. They beat the Raiders, who look really bad now. So I'm not saying the Chargers suck, but I mean, Fez, what, I mean, where do you got the Chargers? They're up to number eight in my ratings. Hey, so who's nine? Vikings. I got, oh my God. Vikings, Chargers on a neutral. I'd, I'd take off two rubber bands, I'd go into my left pocket. <laughs> Who do you like in that? New, pick them, Chargers, Minnesota on a neutral. I still favor Minnesota here. I think they're the more complete team. But but the L.A. Chargers the last couple of weeks, albeit against inferior competition in the Browns and the Raiders, have at least started to look like the team that had that high season win total that was getting bet prior to the season. 
And I'll be candid. I felt like part of the reason I liked Atlanta winner was last week was the fact, Cash, that I felt like Winston was a downgrade. And I wasn't sure if this was like, hey, we got to play him to see if he can somehow take a quantum leap because there's a contract decision coming up. I mean, I know Atlanta's D's bad, but he looked like, you know what, comparable. Right now, if you heard, Fez, that Fitzpatrick was going to start, would you upgrade, downgrade? Like, where do you see that right now? At least a one-point downgrade. So you got Winston higher. Winston's a one-point downgrade or Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick. The beard would be a one-point downgrade at least. Famous Winston is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tampa Bay tied with the Rams right now in offense. Yards per play, number one in the NFL. Yeah. And Fitzpatrick, all but one of those games. Yes. <laughs> so, but Well, one and a half. I mean, he only played half against the Bears. It was so disgusting they took him out. And he played the bad half. Yeah, the bad half against the Bears. Okay. fair. That's a fair statement. Um, last thought here. I also thought there was some uncertainty about Cutter. Was the bye going to make that, the turmoil kind of faster? But, hey. You know, they played hard. You got to give, I mean, you got to give, I think Tampa overperformed last week. I know they didn't cover, but Maddie's right. Late in that game, they cover a majority of those games. And they crushed it in the stats. They outstated yeah. Atlanta. Now, they were behind by double yeah. digits, so that certainly helps your, your stats. Yeah. And remember, Atlanta's a team that, that has put up, uh, I think it's now, it was 104 points their last three home games. And they put up a 30-plus in that one. So Atlanta was going to get their points. The fact Tampa was able to shoot out with them was what I was uncertain of in that game. And now you got the Browns. Who knows what's going on? How much of this is potentially if they got film on Mayfield and now they're seeing what he's doing. And we know quarterbacks can do well one, two, three, four games. And then it starts to turn. I mean, what's your take on Mayfield right now? Fred? Well, I always worry about rookie quarterbacks to start the year, and I worry about them then as the year goes on. Because let's face it, when you're playing in a college schedule, you really only have five or six difficult games over the course of a season. Hey, he had five really difficult games just to start the season. So are you talking – well, he didn't play all those. Yeah. But are you talking fatigue? Yeah, mental I'm fatigue, talk, physical I think those, fatigue. Both. I think those D coordinators get a look at what they can a player can do and then they start tricking him sometimes. I mean, you see that year to year with a guy like Dak, right? I mean, it doesn't make sense. He's playing, I mean, you could say the offensive line, but I do think there's that phenomenon for sure. I agree. So my best bet, Tampa minus three, Fazley, uh, great. Yeah, I like Tampa as well. Anything that? No, you covered it. Maddie, you just lean Tampa. Anything that? Uh, look, this is one of the softer injury reports we've seen all year. If you go down the entire injury report, what a soft, like injury. least impactful to the wagering market. Okay, least amount of players who actually are impactful to the wagering market in any type of way. Is but, that good or bad? Well, I mean, it just it allows you to have a more uh, confirmed sense of what's happening on these games because there's less you know questionable guys. But one guy who I did point out. And there's only like seven or eight for me this week who I think is very impactful for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who on a defense that's terrible, let's face it, is Gerald McCoy, who is certainly the best defensive player on Tampa Bay. And last I saw, he was questionable, and I didn't have an update. I mean, we tape on Wednesdays. A lot of these guys, you know, it's their first day back at practice. Just because they don't practice today doesn't mean anything for the rest of the week necessarily. 
his availability actually means something to me in this game. Hmm. Uh, but you do lean, you do lean Tampa. Yes, and I don't want the other side, even if he's out. It's just yeah. if he's playing, I want Tampa too. If he's not, I, I'd like to pass. And right now, the mark is three minus one twenty. So the fact we're laying three in the contest helps. I think it's one last little piece here. All right. Yeah, it's Tampa or pass. Yeah, because Feds, think about it. If if our goal, and I get it, our goal has to be above fifty five percent. But all you can do is handicap to fifty five percent and hope to get lucky. That's twenty, you know, that's twenty cents, right? It's fifty five percent. So if we're gaining ten because of just the line, we're halfway there. Yes, agreed. Hey, Mac, you do me a favor. Has anyone looked at the weather report on this game? You want to you want to pull it out, Mac? Don't worry about it. We'll let the mayor do it. All right, now from here on. We're going to go in rotation order, except for the best bats at the very end and that crossfire. Chargers, Titans in London, Chargers six and a half. We only got leans on this one, Fez, lean Tennessee. Yeah, tough tough to lean to Tennessee after they got sacked 11 times and were a complete no-show. My number one handicap, though, in this game, I'm worried about the Chargers travel here, RJ. So let's think about it. L.A., they go ahead and fly to Cleveland. They win in Cleveland. Now they're going to hang out for a while in the greater Cleveland area and practice there and then fly to London. I don't like disruptions to one's practice. Now, I know some teams have had success, like a little mini camp away from home, but I wonder how that's going to work out for a team from L.A. practicing in Cleveland and then having to go to London. That sounds like like uh, something a judge would give you a week in Cleveland. You tell me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize that. I think it's driven by the coach. You have a great coach and the player's like, hey, Belichick knows what he's doing. I I don't like this Chargers coach. I would put him personally. I'm just going off the cuff. Number 25 to me in the NFL. Uh, him and Phillip Rivers seem to be much more on the same page now than they were last year. Because I know he didn't like the fact that Phillip Rivers likes to talk so much smack to all these defensive players, and he found it a distraction. Then he, I think he realized that it was just in Phillips' personality, competitive nature on the field, and that Phillips one of the best guys in the world off the field, everybody says. And I think they're actually meshing better now. I actually yeah, think, and but that I, I doesn't make him important. A, that's a removal of a negative. It doesn't make yeah. him a good coach. No, right? I just think that that's important. Yeah. The coach-quarterback uh, connection is always important to the success of a team in the NFL right now. So you lean Tennessee also? Yes, I like Tennessee in this spot. What's the main factor? Look, I, I, we were all praising how Mike Vrabel might be the coach of the year a few weeks I agree. ago, how well they had performed in uh, in you know situations that were really difficult spots, you know, facing adversity with quarterbacks that are hurt, having to play Blaine Gabbard and Mariota banged up, and still winning games, and then they have one flat spot, and everyone's like, "Oh, forget about it." Six and a half with a really well coached team and above average defense, and, and I just think it's too many points. And we don't know how these teams are going to react to travel. We could try to speculate. We have seen some teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars who have found consistent success in in London, but other than Jacksonville, I don't think anyone has a proven consistent pattern of success there. Uh, I go ahead and take the six and a half. Who Tennessee played the week before last? <clears throat> I remember they disappointed there too. Drawing a blank. I'm sorry. Buffalo, where they lost out. Oh, yeah, yeah. They lost 13 to 12. Yeah. They won the stats and they dropped the winning touchdown. Yeah. Yes, no. I mean, they won some games that they lost the stats. 
I the reason I like I probably like Tennessee here. So why don't you guys like it? It sounds like it's a hell of a handicap. I just think some of it's too the unknowns about them going over to London with the negative uh, momentum. That's why I like Tennessee even more. I'm a big believer. Whenever there's something that's very unusual, like a trip to London, I want a super meticulous coach, a guy like Belichick, who's going to have some professor in the off season study sleep patterns to figure out when to leave and all that. Feels like Vrabel is that kind of coach. And we don't, I mean, he hasn't proven himself like Belichick, but if we think he's an elite coach, he's the kind of guy to handle this better than a below average coach. Well, he's certainly a Belichick disciple of yeah. playing for him for so long. So is Cornell though. Yeah. There's a few <laughs> Bill O'Brien real, real quick, Mackie. What was that weather in that uh, Tampa game? 84 and clear. That's a, so, but that's what I was hoping for is the heat. Let's double back to that real quick. I mean, we saw Fez, and we'll talk about it. We won't step on and out with the Bears last week. 84 and clear in Tampa. Does that help Tampa? Oh, big time, because Tampa practices in it. That's normal weather. And obviously in Cleveland, that's normal weather in August. But now that we're in October, it's more like 50. That'll be a shock to the system. All right, Titans lean from Fez, lean from Holt, like from RJ. Oh, here's the Bears. Bears at home. Three-point dogs of the Pats. Now, this one, this one's a surprise. Faz, we're going to start with you. Yeah, I never go against the genius. I rarely, let me correct myself, go against the genius in Belichick, but I'm doing it here. Bears plus three is a like. Two reasons that I like it. I'm I'm giving the Bears a free pass for their fourth quarter and overtime defensive collapse in 88 degrees against Miami. I think that was much more. What is the pass for scoring zero points the entire first half? Is there a pass that for last week for the Bears? Yes. Well, but yeah, you can split up any portion of the game. But if you say it's not up a quarter, until, but, this is the whole half, they had yeah, twenty-one by the third quarter. Yeah, what I'm saying is that at a certain, oh, holy cow, coming! It's almost like if you had entry music, Mackie coming. We got to get Mackie before entry he presses music. the button. I got to give my second handicap. No, hold on a second. I I can't believe this. Let's set the scene. We're at the pregame.com offices. Mackie's in the control room. He's being a good apprentice. He's looking stuff up. He's doing this. He's doing that. Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest champion. I I mean, well. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the f-ing world. He gives a like. Mackie comes sprinting. Like you hear, did you hear me? He was yeah, running. Yeah. Comes shooting into the studio. Grabs the green button from Fez. All right. You just, no. He doesn't want to hear the handicap. Put it on, Maggie. Oh, my gosh. Now, you guys, let him on, Mike. What the heck? How, what drove you here? I am, I'm not, I'm back in Belichick here. 100%. That's it. It's just, if you can get Belichick at, at, at no vig, you're on it. And here's the key. He went against Nagy's mentor last week in Andy Reid. So he has this this <laughs> offense already game planned for for the past 2 weeks big advantage. Mackey just came out of with an overhand right fast respond. Well, I think it's an excellent point, but we <laughs> we, we got a question the spot for New England. Let's look at their last 3 weeks. Oh, the sky is falling. The dynasty's over. Miami Kick some serious butt. Uh-oh, primetime game against Indianapolis. It's a big game. Any primetime game, they play well. Up, oh, game of the year against Kansas City. 
the undefeated Chiefs. So three straight games that you can make a case for. Big reasons for New England to get sky high for. And now they're going to Chicago. Mackie came in so strong. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. And here's what did it for me. What have we been saying about Trubisky? Is that Nagy's game plan scripting has put him in spots early in games. He's been successful. Later in games, he hasn't been. Well, do you really think Nagy's going to outscript Belichick early? No. And how does Belichick do against rookie? Oh, my God. Matty Holt has the button. Oh. Look, look like you started here, Mayor. The mayor comes in. You had a pass on this game. I'm in, too. Fez, <laughs> you're on it. You, you got now five. Mackey's a $100 batter here. We're two and two. You got 500 against Belichick. I may just come over the top and scalp you guys and lay three plus 105 at post because. Except right now it's 315. It won't be at post. Oh, (laughs) look, I originally thought this could be a bad spot because Chicago has some crappy weather. Sometimes this time of year, we looked up the weather, 50 degrees, no wind. Perfect weather favors the better quarterback, the better passing game. Obviously, the New England Patriots, Khalil Mack, banged up, going to play in this game. Probable, it's certainly not a hundred percent. Look, I, I know the spot says it's supposed to be a Bears game, but I looked, and when you start breaking down this game, forget about the spot. You're only laying three with the Patriots in a very favorable, you know, matchup situation. Patriots best road favorite team in the NFL, and it's not even close. I'm aware. I never bet against the Patriots. Here's what we know. Here's what we know. Is if you go back to 2003 and bet every team blind, there's only four teams that you would be above 52.38% that you would have won on. The three other ones are below 55 and the Pats are 60%. So if you add up the edge over the VIG, not Matty Ho, but the VIG, of all the teams in the NFL that are winners since 2003, it's less than the Patriots above. It's like one point, two points, two points, and the Pats are, what, six or seven and a half points above. So to me, it's you default Pats unless you have a reason. Now, Feds, let me ask you a question. Which team do you think the coach has had the biggest influence on schematically? Let's set aside the Rams because I don't think Belichick would necessarily be able to out-scheme the Rams coach. So yeah, maybe you could say the Rams, but other than that, who's number two where the coaches made the biggest difference in recent years? No, this year, like saying, if you replace this coach with an average coach, Nagy and replayed the season. Oh, I think Nagy's right up there that he's certainly, especially early in the game. Do you think Nagy's going to be able to outcoach Belichick? We're going to see, aren't we? No, well, of course not. Of course not. So doesn't I, so so Belichick being the superior coach hurts the Bears more than any other team. That is a logical conclusion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> any other thoughts, man? No, I mean I just no. <laughs> I love you. Got listen. Let's just say this about the mayor. We got a shooter. I mean, he just came running in. Gotta love it. Next game. You know, I can tell when Fez has a pick that's not his, but he knows that steam's coming. I mean, because he doesn't really have any rationale here. It's just as though you just wait. You just wait. (laughs) (laughs) 
Am I right, Fez? Yeah, but I tend I, I tend yeah, to get the but, li- I get tend to get the line moves right, but that doesn't mean I get the game right when they actually but play. But somehow, somehow you're collecting off me when I had the Bears laying three in Miami and it closed seven and a half. Yes. <laughs> I don't think you have much to talk hey, about. Hey, I had to pay out when I had a 99% chance of winning with Oregon. What was, does anyone know the look ahead line in this game last week? Yes, it was minus three. So it the was? fact the Bears won or lost didn't have anything to do with it. Didn't move at all. It's almost like, oh, they're cheap now because they lost. I mean, there's, you got nothing no except some, oh, some $100,000 better told you. No, no. If you if you look at the underlying stats, the Bears are actually the better team. But we've been through this a, a zillion times. That's always the case in New England games. Their stats don't properly indicate how good they are. Next game. Boy, we got the best of Fez there. Dolphins, Lions. Dolphins at home favored by four. Fez, you're passing. Whoa. Dolph, whoa. whoa. Are we playing a teaser whoa. here? Yeah. I, I, I got I a teaser on the Dolphins half. here. Two and a half. Dol- two and a half Detroit. The Lions the are road. laying. Well, hold on. How could that be? Let me see. I got because the note. Brock, Brock Osweiler got named the starter this morning at about 9 a.m. Okay, but this would have been printed out. Okay, oh. I'm going to have to make sure Mark's getting my screenshots of these as late as possible. Okay. So first off, what is the su- super contest says lines two and a half. So they consider that too. Okay. And lines right now, boy, up on the screen, I guess these are dead. It must be off everywhere. Cause our pinnacle feet, what's, what's the pit on your screen, Maddie? What's the pinnacle feet saying? Uh, down. Okay. All right. Uh, Either way. Okay. Let's move on. So right now we're going lines two and a half. You lean lines. I do. I I just don't like Brock Osweiler in this spot, and I think, you know, I think he got a lot of publicity last week because Miami won the game. Andy led him to a drive at the end of the game, but they scored seven points in the first half. They they blew that that lead in that game, and this feels like a game where he could turn the ball over. And Detroit coming off a bye with extra rest, that offense is finally starting to click. That the coach and that team finally seemed to have got over the fact that they didn't seem to be on the same page early. He seemed to be a little bit too abrasive and aggressive with them in practice. They all seem to be on the same page. The offense has played well four games in a row now for the Detroit Lions. Seems like a cheap price. I, I don't love it, but under field goal, I go ahead and lay you with the Lions. What's the weather for? You got the weather? Heat, well, I mean, if Miami benefited last week, it's the same theory here, right? Well, low 80s and chance for thunderstorms. Yeah, so the advantage. Thunderstorms, yeah. So not as much. Okay, Faz, you pass. What I mean, what was the biggest factor for you? You know, I just don't know if I trust Osweiler. My numbers. So you've got it where it's a Osweiler is a two and a half point downgrade. Yes. What would it have been before last week's game? Three and a half point downgrade. So you upgraded Osweiler a point. Do you agree with that, Maddie? Generally, no. I think Osweiler is what he is. He has had some good games in the past here. I mean, this is a guy who beat the New England Patriots when he was the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. He has had some successes. We saw him have a couple of positive games as a Houston Texans quarterback, but overall he's had a lot more worse games than good ones. On the other side of the football in 2018 NFL, you get a quarterback who's thrown for over 4,000 yards in six straight seasons in Matthew Stafford. 
<laughs> Maddie has a secret love of the line. I have this, <laughs> I, I have Stafford as a top ten quarterback, and RJ always gives me the stink eye well, when I say that. Except Stephen Over had him as the second most valuable quarterback in NFL history. Worth, in the pre- th- no, he had him <laughs> wor- worth really. I believe yeah. worth seventeen and a half points or something comparable. Seventeen. It, <laughs> it was thirteen. It was actually his last podcast. I said you can't come back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the dream preview. Oh, uh, <laughs> he knows his NFL. I, he, I agree with Fez. Steven Nover is a gifted NFL handicapper. He's probably better in written form than. No, I agree. Ones. I agree. But what I would say peace and love, peace and love is I like people with wild ideas. Like, if everyone's in the pocket with the same crap, like when Maddie says I, shit, I think is crazy sometimes. Like, the fact you bet Tampa last week. To me, was I know the Sharps were on. It was crazy. It just didn't make sense. They were an even team. I mean, when it was three, that they were an even team. The fact that they could have covered easily doesn't change that to me. Sure. But I like that because if we're all saying the same thing, what's the point? Uh, my num- uh, Let me see. Let's see if this is any fun. Colts, seven and a half at home. My number is 7.7. Yeah, yeah, my number is seven point eight. <laughs> just because of, yeah. I want, I want some craziness from the other side. If it's an educated crazy, you got craziness on this go game. Fast, I am on an island here completely. So Derek Anderson is going to start for Buffalo, and I'm the only guy out there that thinks that this could be an upgrade for Buffalo over Josh Allen. The market disagrees with me, and frankly. I think that the player personnel experts are disagreeing as well. I just don't like this Josh Allen, and I don't like rookie quarterbacks, but it's true. Derek Anderson's only going to have been with the team for two weeks, and he is a complete journeyman that I believe completed, what, two passes last year? That's right. We looked it up. But he certainly was good even later in his career. Was it two years ago or three when he, for Cam, right, he uh, started a few games and was pretty good. And he's been with Carolina so the for, qu- yeah. for many years. Obviously, they've been but very happy you, with him. When you have a, a quarterback this veteran, is it easier to come in and put together one game plan? I don't know the answers to those questions. And I think you both just asked the right questions, especially you, RJ. Is it easier for a guy his age to come in basically off the street, to come in in street clothes and jeans and suddenly learn a playbook, develop continuity with this young team? And I don't know the answers to those questions. And... The other question I think we should ask is when you're a backup with one team for so long and then you're out of the league, basically, essentially retired, can you just come off the street and learn a new game plan? I mean, essentially, he's had the same coach in Ron Rivera there in Carolina and the same, you know, same backup to Cam. So they always use the same game plan. He hasn't had to learn anything new. I There's a lot of question marks in that for me. And for that reason, I had to pass because I don't know the answers. And remember, guys, this is the kind of game, unless you have a strong feeling, you want to avoid teasers because you're buying points with it. To, even though this is in that corridor, you like to talk about Fez of an advantage teaser from seven and a half down to one and a half with a six point teaser. I think there's a ton of uncertainty in this game. There is. There's also a lower total, which reduces the uncertainty. So the two are somewhat mitigating factors. You said you thought Josh Allen healthy was the worst starting quarterback. Yes, I've got him rated number 32. And you have Peterman relative to Allen. Peterman's one and a half points worse than the worst starting quarterback. (laughs) At least you said starter. And most people think Anderson's worse than that. They do. And you don't. I do not. 
That's fascinating. So you got the worst, and the other one on the bench is worse, and then this other guy's even worse. So under that theory, then, does consensus think that... Well, let me ask you, Maddie. Would you, if you had to bet on the Bills, would you rather Peterman starts or Anderson starts? Peterman, really? Yes. And I know it's the Rick Ain't Keel syndrome. Like everyone goes, "Wow, Rick Ain't Keel was such a star," but when you put him on the mound, he couldn't throw the ball in the batter's box. Never mind for a strike, and thus he couldn't pitch anymore. And people say the same thing about Nathan Peterman. In practice, he makes these amazing throws, and then in the game, he melts down and throws five interceptions mm. and a half and falls out. But at least I know the guy's been with the team, knows the playbook, and has the superior arm talent. And he's not 71 years old and his arm's going to fall off when he goes to throw the football. Last question. If you were getting a free roll on the money line, 1000 bucks, giving you a plus money payout on the bills, who would you rather start? Peterman. See, I would agree with you perhaps if it were the spread. I think Peterman's ceiling is... You, got, you better no. No, I think this, superior arm talent. He I, could throw the well, ball. I but I mean, at some point, it's not. It, this isn't like one of those old rotisserie games where you roll the dice and you say how strong the guy's arm is. We know what he does in a game, yeah, right? I, what? But it seems like I wouldn't be sure. I mean, if Anderson, if I asked you, he, let's get the green buttons out. If I say Anderson throws for three hundred plus yards, what kind of plus money are you giving me? Um. Let's see. They're a big dog against a bad defense. The Colts are a bad defense? Your best bet last week? Colts are a bad defense. <laughs> uh, yes, the Jets score. The Jets <laughs> are still scoring points in that game. Um, Fez, what's your number? I'll give you two to Plus one. Plus 245. I'll give you two to one. Uh, okay. Fez, why are you always trying to try me? <laughs> that, you think that's the right number? I think the right number is more like, the no VIG number is more like plus 275. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not sure I want to take that, but I wouldn't be shocked. What about Peterman? The same question. What would you put the number at? Like plus 170, because he's uh, going to throw the ball downfield more. It's his. Yeah, that's an, you make a good point. The yeah. game plan, because it's not the full playbook. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting stuff. Next game Jets. By the way, just backing up a second, because it can play to both. You did like the Colts. Seem like the wise guys have been on the Colts a lot this year. Why do you think the wise guys have been on the Colts? Why were you on the Colts last week? And what happened? I actually think Andrew Luck has played better than he looked in the preseason. His throwing ability has been downfield, yeah, he's not much in the preseason. Accuracy, better. So, um, and their offense looked like it was getting better and better every week, but the injury report started to get worse. And last week, again, you know, you got to make the excuse well, it was the Patriots and Bilicek, and now they have 10 days rest. Offense has been playing better, and it's the Jets. But again, they just turn the ball over so much, and that defense doesn't get stops. I I didn't understand the line. I thought the line should have been three. If it was three, I would have liked the Colts, and it wouldn't have mattered. Two and a half, it was like the Colts are clearly better. How much better did we think they were? But I hear you. So you are. I mean, have you reevaluated the Colts? Because turnovers are something in theory. That evens itself out, unless the quarterback's thrown in. I actually still really like the Colts' offense. It's just similar to me. I was really anti-Houston earlier in the year because they didn't figure things out on defense. I think the defense is starting to come alive now. That Colts' defense right now is is really bad. 
they're missing T.Y. Hilton. And because uh, he's their deep threat, of course, and he's been out, he probably is going to come back and won't be 100% for this game. But let's think about this. With Luck struggling to throw the ball down Please the field. Please ask him how much T.Y. Hilton's worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been Please doing recently. Him. Fez, let me ask you a question. <laughs> What's T.Y. Hilton worth? <laughs> He's worth nine points. That's why they <laughs> lost to the Jets. <laughs> Seriously, what do you think he's worth? Point and a half. Four, no way. Yes. Healthy T.Y. Hilton. How many players in the NFL are worth We always have. It, 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 it's like a recurring theme every every week where R.J. doesn't think anyone's worth a point and a half. And I think there's about 15 guys. And you're, and most experts agree with you. Uh, I just put this on. This isn't on your playlist either. Don't you think it's a little bit early for that? Not for me. That's your special. I'm trying to think what that <laughs> clip was from. <laughs> Almost famous, baby. Almost famous. You can't listen. You can't do better than Almost Famous. I always think of Vegas with that. Think about that line at the end. It said... Turning back, she just laughs. The boulevard is not that bad. So the boulevard represents being on the street, not necessarily homeless, but like a kid that's their lives are out there on the streets and everyone's looking, oh, it's sad. They don't have a good home. And, you know, in Almost Famous, there's a lot of kids following these rock bands around that, you know, like deadhead type kind of thing. And it's like the boulevard ain't that bad or is it not that bad? And I think Vegas is like a lot of people live a life here. And I'm not talking about crackheads or meth heads, but you know, gang, like, like to me, and I know this is a little demented and Maddie, I'd like to get your thought on this real quick. Like I, I've played a lot of poker, not lately. Cause I mean, I'm just working so much. I just played last night. It, where at green Valley ranch. Oh, I played there Friday night, won one seventy in like 20 minutes and one, two, but I actually bet the Falcons minus three. <laughs> I went because I bet the Golden Knights under. I went to watch the Golden Knights. But to me in poker, you've got a lot of 50-year-old dudes or even in their 60s, they're either divorced or never got married. Most of them had that one three-year marriage in their 30s, right? And they're like good buddies. They're almost like buddies like kids are in high school. You know how in high school you got – but you've got – how many kids do you have? Four. Yeah. Like, you don't have time to hang out. I mean, if, if it's what, how many times a month are you meeting a guy buddy and having dinner, going to a movie, just, you know, doing what you would have done when you were 18? Like, less than one. Yeah. Like, last night, just playing poker and watching the Knights game was my less than once a month night out. And you did it by yourself. Yes. <laughs> and, but you see these dudes that are like meeting for breakfast and they're talking about their game, you know, their bets and their poker. And to me, it's like most people would look at that life and say, oh, poor them. And yeah, if they could have great, you know, grandkids at their knee or whatever, maybe it'd be better. But I think that's kind of cool. Very much. And you hear their conversations and these guys are happy over steak and eggs. Oh, like, oh he, they know how to figure every angle. They got every discount card. He opened yeah. and I flatted him. And then <laughs> I went, you know, just the terminology. Yes, I four bet him and he went crying <laughs> home to mama. Okay. Jets favored. Oh, actually dogs. Vikings on the road. Three and a half. Three. All right. Well, we got three and a half, one oh five. But oh, on the super contest, you're right. It is three on the super contest. And you like many. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. This market is like 3.3. There's a, there's a lot of three and a half evens out there. Well, hold on a second. 
This is another crossfire. Mayor, why didn't we mark you up? Oh, look, his head's down now. He ran in when he was getting celebrated. Ah, all right, well, listen. It's it, color-coded, baby. Listen, it's bonus. Listen, it's bonus crossfire. All right, Matty Ho, you start. Look, first of all, you always got to start with the value in the number. I mean, every I think we can come to a consensus here and just call this line 3.3. So I'm laying three in the super contest. I'm already getting ahead of the number. That's already. I'm getting the better team, and I'm getting the better team against the, uh, the worst team who we would all agree is coming off their best performance of the season. If not their best, their second best. They had that one Monday night game against Detroit where they looked exceptional. But that was a big time look, look good spot for the Jets. In between that Monday night game in this past week. The Jets haven't looked so hot. Sam Darnold hasn't looked like a world beat. Hold on. The week before, what was the Jets? When they ran for 300 plus yards. They're destroying Denver and that was their best game of the season also. So now we're saying hold on. This is in Indianapolis. We're saying six games in. If you take out dominating Detroit. (laughs) They haven't been very good. No, that's a good point, Matty. It's a good point. Go ahead. Well, what do they look like in their other three games? <laughs> losing to crappy Miami as a favorite at home, losing. Look, I just think Minnesota is cheap in this game. I think, you know, people have forgot about the Vikings a little bit because they certainly haven't gotten off to the start that people hoped as a preseason top five pick uh, in the future's odds. And the Jets with their young quarterback are starting to get a lot of love. Three's cheap here. You get the running back back for the Minnesota Vikings this week. And I'm going to go ahead and lay it. Faz, you like the other side? Yeah, I think this is all about the helmets here. If well, these, pick up the green button if you oh, want. It's, an, it's, it's, an, auto, it's an auto bat. When you crossfire, it's an auto okay. bat. If you had just taken a look at these two what's teams. What's Penny got? All, <laughs> all year long. Well, what's happened? I can tell you what's happened. Matty's falling into the Penny trap here where he's like, oh, the line's 3.25 and I can lay three. So I like it. But there's more nah, to life than. I don't than, think that's right. I think, I think listen, I'm. I'm going to let you finish. Go ahead. Sure. I, I'm pure mathematics here. If I look at these two teams and I didn't have preseason expectations, the Jets, 5.6 yards per play. They're giving up 5.6. They're a 500 team in the stats. And Minnesota is actually a slightly below average team. Now we have to ask ourselves, hey, is that Minnesota defense really that bad where they're going to give up six yards per play the rest of the year? Probably not because our preseason expectations were so good for that Zimmer defense. But we're six games into the season. we got to start taking this seriously with a two teams that are statistically equal. And I'm getting the home team plus three, and it's week seven. I got to look that way. But you were also making the case yourself early in the season that no team's offensive line injuries were worse than the Minnesota Vikings. Not only their starting center out, but their backup center out. The offensive lines got better. The running back injuries have gotten better. And Kirk Cousins has looked the part at quarterback in Minnesota. I like what Cousins is doing. My biggest issue with Minnesota, their O-line is still not at 100%, and their defense is not getting any better. All right. I'm tempted to side with Maddie and press the button. Let me think it through. I think that one of the most under-discussed fact or factors in the NFL this year in recent years is these Thursday night games. I think you could say Minnesota lost two games because it was Thursday. They lost to the Bills. There's no rhyme or reason to that as a 17-point dog. It could only have been a look ahead, right? 
to go play the Thursday nighter against the, the Rams. Rams. They almost beat. But to then go to a good team on the road on short rest is almost impossible to win. And this year, we've seen why well, it's undefeated, right? The, yes. The home team on Thursday night's undefeated. And the, the, oh, no, no, no. no, no. Giants. Giants. Oh, the Giants let yeah. us down. I guess, okay, fair enough. The Giants can break this. They're the streak yeah. breakers. But historically, even if you account for it in the line, which it is a little bit that the road team has a, a detriment on short rest, it's still 55%. If if neither team has a buy, which take that out because it's not the same, or if the road team doesn't have a buy, I'm sorry. So I think Minnesota is better than you think because of that. I think they're better than we think because of the injuries you're talking about. They're saying they're not yet a hundred, but how's Minnesota's health now compared to three weeks ago? Yeah, their O line is markedly improved. Their center, their second string center is back, and that's a big deal. Last thing, what do we know about what the Jets have done well with Darnold? They haven't put him in bad spots. Who? How do you rank the best coaches in the NFL, Fez? Belichick, who you bet against? Who else? This is almost like you're trying to bet against every good coach. I want to hear. Well, go ahead. Here's an interesting stat if you look up. You know, the New York Jets, the three games they won, I think they had at least three turnovers in all three of those games, and that's not likely to happen again. I mean, Stafford threw, what, four interceptions in that first one? They got, what, four, three or four turnovers last week against the Colts. The games that they've won, they've got really heavy turnover-centric in. Rank, it's a great point. Rank your coaches. So Belichick, number one. You're batting against him. McVeigh, number two. Uh, Lil Tease, you're betting against him. Andy Reid, number three. Okay, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm going to be on him. Um, Sean Payton, number four. Jesus. So Zimmer, who is 60. Zimmer, five. So Zimmer is 67% against the spread since he started coaching the Vikings in 2014. What have you done for me lately? What, <laughs> six, six subpar games, and he's down to number five. That's it. <laughs> All right. That's my vote. I mean, you could say, RJ, who do you like when you hear the ka-ching? A victim of the infamous Malachi Crunch. <laughs> you guys take checks? <laughs> uh, you're not happy right now, are you, Fez? No, I'm happy. No, I think Maddie, I could, I can read you very well like a poker player. When Maddie made that stat about Jets only win when they get the turnovers, that worried you a little bit. Oh, that did worry me. <laughs> And the whole point about Zimmer is rookie quarterback against uh, a guru. And I'm the only guy that thinks Todd Bowles <laughs> is not a good coach. A lot of people do. I yeah. think he is a good coach. Yeah, a lot of people do. All right. Let's hope they're right. Action, action, action. We're getting to the end here. Woo. Cowboys, Redskins, skins at home favored by one and a half. You like this game, Eddie. Look, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys this year have all of a sudden developed into Jekyll and Hyde as far as road and away. I mean, they have looked really good at home, absolutely throttled the Jacksonville Jaguars last week at home, and they've been getting out of the gate with that offense and, more importantly, that running game with Ezekiel Elliott at home. Look, I think he's the only running back in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, averaging over 100 yards a game, although the Todd Gurley 200 last week probably put him in that that rare category as well. But on the road, this offense has been the worst off. I mean, it's right there with Buffalo as far as offenses on the road. And Washington's been fairly consistent this year. Alex Smith does what Alex Smith does. Lead drives, not turn the ball over, kick more field goals than he than the average team does in the red zone instead of scoring touchdowns. 
The defense is actually playing a little better. You know, I don't think Washington's great. I have them, uh, I think they're probably, you know, in that 50, 14 to 17 range, about an average football team. And at home, they're playing good football. This is a big game. You know Washington's going to be up to have Dallas coming in. The price seems a little bit cheap considering, and I'll go ahead and lay it uh, with the Washington Redskins in this spot. Pretty interesting handicap. Fez, you have a teaser in this. Yes, so I'm going to tease Dallas plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half. And in fact, RJ... I already cashed the first half of my teaser because on Monday night, I stole Green Bay minus two and a half in a teaser. But I'll give you another team down the road here. All about Miami. So, by the way, you gave that on straight out of Vegas. That's now on Fox National Radio, the first national radio show on a major network dealing with sports betting. Me, Fez, Brad Powers. One day when Maddie finally... And by the way, guys, at the end of the pod, we're going to do a five-minute... G2E, the gambling conference recap. Maddie, I mean, it was a triumph, I think is the way to say it. And I'm excited to hear about it. Fest spoke too. We can talk about that for a minute. At the end, you can decide if you want to hear it or not. To me, the straight out of Vegas thing, it's one hour a day. It's six to seven Eastern. And what we call it is the pregame show America always wanted. That hour before the game start, gambling. It's only 40 minutes when you take out the commercials. You can get the podcast. Same thing as this one. Search RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. Subscribe. Must have been a fun show today with all the NBA. Yeah, it was high. Yeah, we talked a lot about the Sixers. A lot of Fe- games today. Fez had a hell of a theory about the Sixers. Give it to him real quick. Yeah, so Philly went to China, played two games there uh, two, uh, about 12 days ago, and they were in five days in China. My theory is that that disruption, they fly back. They've been home for a week. A little bit China, of fatigue. Fatigue, and also the uh, the whole routine. They're out of their routine, and the preparation, they lose the preseason preparation. Or at least a percentage of it. Sure. And, I mean, he gave that out a lot. You know, uh, you had that as one of your pregame.com premium picks. Also, obviously, they didn't look good on Tuesday night. Especially so. in the second half. Yeah, yeah, interesting. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, okay, so straight out of Vegas, check it out. At the end, we'll talk G2E. Fez, you got the teaser here, but you did give, like we said, the Monday night one on straight out of Vegas. Now you're going with the Colts. Yes, and frankly, I need to have a second leg of the teaser, and I only tease. This is- Just because I said, because I'm thinking of betting against you, the fact I said I don't like the teaser here. Don't back off. Have some guts, man. Well, Go it's, for ba- it. it's basic stretch. Let me put it this way, RJ. If you have a eight-point favorite, or plus or minus a half. So seven and a half point favorite, eight point favorite, eight and a half point favorite. That is the sweet spot with a home team. Not as good with the road team historically, but you have a home team laying eight. Says you're taking way too long with the base and go what through seven and three. Team? You go through seven and three and you need a reason not to, to play that teaser. They've been what so good the over team? the years. So Indy uh, tease from minus seven and a half down to minus one and a half against Buffalo. The first team's Dallas. He's going out to seven and a half. Your Cowboys. Hmm. Now, the only reason I'm not pressing the button is you got both perfect uh, advantage teasers, and the totals are relatively low. I know, on these the games. 41. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's why he's Fez, though. 
That, I mean, <laughs> and this may well be a case. Me reaching. <laughs> I didn't even pick my hand up or anything. RJ, this is a case where the first leg of the teaser, the Cowboys, is strong enough to overcome the fact that the indie leg of the teaser is not nearly as strong. He felt like a brain surgeon. This guy. All right. Nothing there. Okay, Fez, you got the teaser. Maddie likes Washington. Mr. Dave Esler, who said the Steelers are not a good offense. Dave's been with us like seven years. He's His amount of winning is crazy. I mean, he wins and wins and wins. But I disagree with half the things he says. But I guess that's another example of you want different perspectives. That's, I'm guessing you and him never agree, Maddie. I, I'm guessing he's going to like Dallas here. Let's hear it. I want to start this week by looking at the Redskins and Dallas and the perception of Dallas Cowboys, specifically their defense. Dallas has played three road games. They've lost all three. In those three road games, if you look closer, Dallas allowed Houston 462 yards. Seattle, who can't run the ball, ran for 113 yards. Carolina ran for 147 yards. Last year, Washington couldn't run the ball. 200-yard rushes all season. In five games this year, Peterson's done it once and come really close two other times. Skins losses to the Saints and the Colts, teams that could throw the ball. Dallas can't. Washington beat Carolina, very similar makeup to Dallas. So for all the talk about Dallas's defense, they're 20th in allowing third-down conversions. What I see happening here is Alex Smith dinking and dunking the Dallas defense to death. Oh, Matt, he starts shaking his head. Yep, that's it. He, Dave's right on that one. <laughs> that was the first time we ever... <laughs> Maybe you should be scared. I feel like we're just riding down the block together. On this one. <laughs> Convertible down. <laughs> that's funny. That may oh. be the last time that we hear any handicapper make a case for a team because Adrian Peterson is their running back. Oh, well, because age. But, but would he have 100-plus yards last week? He's running the ball. Yeah, he also though. separated his shoulder that they popped back in. Let's oh, see. Oh, he's tough. Let's see he's how tough he does going for He had that 18-month that knee injury. He was back like in eight months. It's <laughs> bionic. I know a few guys. and I mean, this has gone around, but I know a few. I mean, he was at Oklahoma with the Stoops. Is They said when you shake his hand, you've never shook someone's hand like this. It's like, like you come away, it's hurt, and he's so strong. So <laughs> I don't know. All right, guys, next game. Rams, 49ers. Right now, down to nine and a half as we had it at 10. Who do you like on this one? Yeah, I like San Francisco here. I like what I saw from their second year quarterback out of Iowa, who was terrible his first year. Beathard played very oh, well right. against Green Bay. And I lost playing against a team in their third straight road game last week in the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm going to try it again here. I would make the case this is really a bad spot for a third straight road game in the Rams. Think about it. So they go to Seattle, division rival, huge game, big home field advantage for Seattle, all in tough physical game. Then they got to go to altitude in Denver. Very difficult, very tough physical game. They get out of there with the win. They don't cover. Now they go to San Francisco. It sure seems to me like one of the worst spots of the year. I'll bet the 49ers. I agree with the spot. I also think when teams are not used to being big road favorites, it's like, uh, oh, here's a good analogy, Manny. You were talking about sugar intake. Let's say that you got some kind of special thing where they said you can go to any Marriott and eat any of the 
the bar inside, the foods, you know, like seven bucks for the Reese PCs or whatever. It's all on them because you're a celebrity now. First time you have that bar, how much are you eating that night? How many Reese's Pieces? Probably a couple. (laughs) Right. But then if you're a year or two, you know, five years in, it's like, hey, yeah, I get this bar, but I can't eat it all the time. Rams, this is the first time they're in, you know, this year that they're in a spot that, hey, we might be able to take it down 10% and still win this game because we know NFL teams can't keep a fever pitch all year. Teams like the Patriots that know how to do that. I trust more in these spots than teams that don't. Do you guys agree with that? I agree strongly. Just last night, I went to the Gold Coast, and I found out half-off appetizers. 9.30, RJ, I had shrimp cocktail, and I had the chicken barbecue flatbread pizza. <laughs> Both. You know, you weren't here on one of the weekends straight out of Vegas's before we went to the days. Fess says he would bet he could bench 200 pounds one rep. Okay. I believe that. You believe that? Yeah. Well, you're not a good handicapper. When this it is ca- a pretty big guy. Will, will you will you cross will you cross book this? Wait, if wait, I if I want to go 500 wait, against wait. you, hold on. If I want to go 500 against Faz, 500 against you, and we and we got to do it well, by it's Sunday. Too much of a rigged deal. I mean, uh, what do you, can try not to or? Oh come on! You think he's going to do that? Just looking from looking at just because do it for you, not for me. <laughs> I know, but you think he'd do that? You're his boss. He's not going to do it. <laughs> oh, for you guys not... will work it out on the side where you'd be like, "What, Fez? <laughs> wink, wink, Fezic, Doesn't your shoulder hurt? There's a and... bonus in it for you if you can yeah. get the two hundred up. <laughs> Don't pull a peck. I mean, in no, my... I was betting on you. That's what I was saying. And you're looking strong today. I was saying I was going to bet no. You were going to bet yes. He was going to bet yes. But you, yeah, but, he can but your cynical it. mind went there. It must suck going through life that cynical. Is that what happens when you're a bookmaker? Yes. <laughs> yes. You Pretty put up a bad that. number with a $500 limit and some joker comes in and bets $450 11 times over a 23-minute period. Thanks, Fez. <laughs> Fez is the reason I, I <laughs> you you left the industry. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. <laughs> it's a true story. The, <laughs> the sports book says, "Wait a minute, you were just down the street betting the same All Star prop on this All Star game." Oh no, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my brother. He Mail, left- <laughs> mailed in the tickets. I did. <laughs> mailed them in. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say this because it's going to cause such. Uh, there's going to be such a reaction on Twitter. We had an idea today. I want to get your thoughts real quick, Maddie. I am going to find a cartoonist, like one of those, not crumb, you know, not like a avant-garde, but just a good cartoonist that's got a creative side. And then when, and every week we're going to have Fez tell a story, like his first kiss, you know, when he first masturbated, whatever. It's going to be all real in-depth personal stuff. And then we're going to have someone do a cartoon, a strip of it. So imagine Fez, like like yesterday. What are on you going to do with them after? Sell we're going we're, we're to put them on. Auction we'll, them. No. What we'll do is we'll put each one out each week on social media. They'll go crazy. And then we'll have a book eventually. A little 120-page cartoon cut, book. <laughs> a, car, a Fez's, the making of a Fez is what we're going to call it. Or wow. some very. Now, tell me, he told a story on the college football pod. By the way, guys, it was a great pod. Funny. So, so much fun and funny. Ness, Fez, tell the story real quick about somehow you were doing just playing Dungeons and Dragons your whole life, but then you went somewhere and heard an Ozzy Osbourne song and it made you 
question your whole life's purpose. Yeah, friend of a friend, John Van Tassel, <laughs> goes ahead and in his truck, he says, you know what? We should go ahead and go down to the University of Dayton for lunch. Now, how old are you? I am a senior in high school. Okay, and at that point, how many girlfriends have you, had you had? Where, when I say girlfriends... Zero. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have to hear the definition. <laughs> all right, all right, and... How many times in a given month would you leave the house for social occasions? Why well, go to the chess club every Friday night? <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons group Saturday night. <laughs> All right, so not often. With Todd Rule, Harry Oxrider, Frank Goldman, right. my buddies. So you guys, it's like let's go down to the college. Yes. All right, go ahead. And so, the, and so, John and Bontas, where do you live? How long is this? A close drive. Yeah, it's like okay. it's like. 10 minutes. You're, nice. you're Dayton, Dayton. Yeah. We're in Dayton. I'm not dating, but I'm in Dayton, <laughs> Ohio. Yes. So I go down there with John and he cranks up Ozzy. Uh, what's the crazy train? Crazy train. <laughs> I can't even understand the lyrics. This is like, I am short circuiting. I'm like in a totally foreign world and we're driving past the co-eds on Brown Street at the University of Dayton. We get some chicken wings and I'm like, my God, this is like the best hour of my life. <laughs> and you're like, I got to change. Yes. And so what happened? Well, about a week later, I was back at the chess club at Friday on Friday night. Now tell me if there was a cartoon depiction of that, you wouldn't check it out. Maddie. Uh, if you, would, sure. <laughs> and on that encounter, John almost ran over a dog, a pet dog that clearly was the pet dog of about 20 guys in a frat house. And I still remember the looks they gave us. And we and John stopped for a second and Frank just yelled, go, go, go. And we gunned it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is a treasure trove <laughs> all right Fez, so you like san fran we've t we've talked about I don't even remember <laughs> all right so bad roads three straight road games physical games at altitude uh bathard since he started quarterbacking this year how much have you upgraded two point him? upgrade you agree with that manny yeah, okay. All right. So I'm I feel like I started higher on him. But if you started where Fez did, it's at least two. But I I started higher. When he came in at that game, first game against Chargers, I took them. So now I gotta tell you, I am very surprised you don't at least lean 49ers here. You passed this one. Why what's got you not on the Niners at all? I just feel like that that defense is starting to get really banged up with a lot of guys. Now, coming off the Monday nighter, and, and you could say, hey, this is a big motivation game for them because it's against a division opponent. It's against a division rival. They gave everything they had. And I don't always like backing teams off the demoralizing loss. Up seven. Up seven with two minutes to play. How do you lose that game in regulation? They did. They found a way. It's really bad. Sometimes those things tend to linger. I do like the over in this game because I love Marquise Goodwin. He's he's so fast. He's unbelievable. I like the way Brethard's throwing the football. And this total's actually come down. So I'm going to fade the, the Sharps here and say, look, this thing opened 54 down to 52. Maybe is a little value now in the over. Goodwin, number one wide receiver for San Francisco, the speedster. How many weeks has he been out? 
He's back. Yeah. How many weeks has he had he been out before? Oh, I knew I he was he out. Missed two or three. Yeah. And he's been back for a couple, and he just looked amazing. I think this this was the first game back. I believe. I thought it was the second, Could but maybe be. it was the first, first game he's he playing. Really any looked good. Yeah. Okay, so I was on with Adam Crowley today. I give two picks a week, sixty-seven percent so far this year. And I actually had Tennessee. I was thinking, I think I swept there. And then I like Tennessee at three. It was, I do it early in the week. And, uh, Brian on there, who's quite sharp, just a smart guy that's getting into batting. Uh, they call him bold Brian. He recovered from brain, like a brain tumor. Nice guy. Um, and Adam Crowe, a true pioneer when it comes to digital audio for sure. And Brian said the same thing. Matt, he said, isn't it a letdown off Monday night? I said, maybe, but on the other hand, and let me pose this to you, 49ers lose Jimmy G. There's a sense of, oh, the season's over. Now, they played competitively the week before, if I remember right, or was that the Arizona game? They they, oh, the, they, the they dominated before. the stats, they, yeah, and they were yeah. minus five in turnovers. That was, the, that was my takeaway, where it looks like Arizona that was winless comes in and beats them. The week them. before, C.J. Brethard started against the Chargers and covered the spread and should have won the game outright. That's okay. So they played well against the Chargers, should have won that game outright. They played statistics. Then they had the dud against Arizona with all Except the they had uh, the, 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 the first downs in that San Fran-Arizona game, it was like 35-10. to 10. Minus five in turnover. So let's just say that, uh, you can't downgrade them because turnovers are. I love the offense. I think they're going to score. That's why I like the over. Yeah. And, 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 but here's my point. Now they lose this heartbreaker. Is it, oh, we could have won this meaningless game? Cause really it was meaningless. Well, it was, or is it, hey, we're competitive guys. Let's keep going. At what point does your record get to one and seven, two and eight? And the guys stop caring. But so they much? did that last year and they knew they completely turned it around and won their last five games. So but you they had And Shanahan is one of the, the seven or eight best coaches, right? Uh, or at least offensively. No, guys, overall, yeah. yes. You can't have 10 guys in the top five coaches here. So so you had your f- top five or six, Faz. Where does it go from there? It wasn't uh, Shanahan. No, not in the top five. I, I actually have Quinn number six. Oh, my and, gosh. And, and Shanahan, yeah, and Shanahan number seven. Quinn? Who, who are you going to put in, in front of him? I would have put Quinn in the – and again, maybe I'm just playing wrong. Again, maybe it's that Super Bowl hangover with that. Where do you have Rabel? Uh, not enough data really to tell. Oh, so yeah. you just said Incomple- incomplete. So you don't actually rank them one to thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, there's a you few at the end. The no grade point you average. Like you're uh, you're 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 just you asking. are. I mean, you you had a tough day, buddy. No, I. You want to you share? What I do. I came in here. I know I had a great day. I was involved in some very in-depth meetings all day, and I was a little tired. Do you feel like, a little outgunned here, and it and it caused you to be in a bad mood? No. All right. I just I, want to, you guys are running tabs on me. That's easy money. Get some chicken wings at University of Dayton. You'll feel better. Chicken wings. Serenity now. Serenity now. <laughs> All right, guys. One and only one commercial break. And here's what we got when we come back. Monday Night Football and two best bets, including a crossfire. Hey, guys. Big day for the Dream Preview New advertiser Under Armour. Now think about this. Sports betting is getting big. If you have a brand as big, as respected, as Under Armour getting involved. And with them, it's really not just about the way you look in the clothes. It's how the clothes help you 
perform. If you're competing, training, recovering, Under Armour has the gear to make you better. And it really is about not only, oh, it's, you know, just the right snugness or, oh, it's whisking away the perspiration. That's all good. And that helps you if you think about the first level of how the performance can improve from your gear. But think about the psychological level, the idea that, and we've all had this experience, right? You have a a, a certain watch. It's a, a great quality watch. You put it on and you feel more professional or shoes or a custom jacket. When I was on Ballers, I knew about six weeks ahead, I got a custom jacket made. Now, did it look better? I don't know. I think so. What I know for sure is it made me feel more confident. And when you're working out, competing, any if, if your clothes can inspire you, wow, think about it. They have two new lines, Under Armour does, Vanish and Perpetual. We'll be talking about those in upcoming weeks. And now they also have the best fitness apps to help you track and learn how to put your gear to the test. My Map Run. So Under Armour has My Map Run, tracks your runs, logs your workouts, and tap into coaching with My Map Run. And also on the diet side, I'm going to try this one out. It's My Fitness Pal, the fastest, easiest to use calorie counter app. And I can speak from experience in that when you're acknowledging how many calories that dessert is, at least then it's a choice. And Most people, when they have a choice, sometimes they're going to make a good one, a minimum sometimes. When you do it mindlessly, there is no choice. And if you just let that reptilian brain dictate, well, the cheesecake is going to disappear mighty fast. And if you sign up for premium, you can unlock even more tools to help you achieve your fitness goals. Download Under Armour's MyMapRun and MyFitnessPal in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. And take control of your goals today. Finally, Simply Safe, another great brand. Something I often say to my wife is, I'm a professional predictor of the future. Trust me on this one. Now, listen, she's mighty smart, so she doesn't always fall for that. But really, you know, Annie Duke has a book. It's called Thinking in Bets. And the concept is everything you do, and we always joke with Brad Powers, do you eat that clam chowder that's two days old at half price. Okay, well, you like the half price. Are you willing to bet you're not going to get sick? But think about the bet you're making without home security. Well, what are you risking? You're risking literally your safety and your family's safety. And Simply Safe is considered all the contingencies. Storms, Simply Safe is ready. Intruder cuts the phone lines, Simply Safe is ready. Destroy keypads. Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. A lot of people might think it's overkill. I like to have all the I's dotted, the T's crossed. It's always ready. Simply Safe. It could cost a lot, and even then, you would say maybe it's worth it. Eh, you don't have to worry about it here. They only charge what's fair. Twenty four seven professional security monitoring. Just fourteen ninety nine a month. Fifteen bucks. Three Subway sandwiches a month. No contracts, no hidden fees. So obviously you're only keeping it if you like it. So what's the risk? And if you're even th- tempted, 
You know, we never ask you to ever do anything you don't want that doesn't offer you. We're all about value. We're not going to ask you to do anything you don't think you're getting value. But if you're on that borderline of thinking of trying, there's no real downside. You know, a little bit of an initial, that 15 bucks a month fee. But after that, you like it, you got it. If not, bye-bye. It's like a first date and no commitment after that. Go to simplysafe.com slash dream today. And if you go to slash dream, it helps us too. And we appreciate it. That's simplysafe.com slash dream to protect your home and family today. That's simplysafe.com slash dream. The fall's most kick-ass new drama has kicked off Wednesdays. Don't miss the CW's incredible new series, All-American. It's from Greg Berlanti. He's done suspense, and he's a superhero mastermind, producing hits like Riverdale and Black Lightning, and is going to kill it in the sports genre. Check this out. You've got a local football hero, Spencer Paysinger. He's a phenom from South Central who gets recruited to play in Beverly Hills. The football coach, Billy Baker. Tay Diggs plays. Now he's a former star player in his own right. And then he sees himself in Spencer. But things aren't so great for Billy Baker. Two losing seasons he's coming off of. So he looks at Spencer and says, okay, I want to help, but I want him to help me with my job security. And then comes the promises. Billy promises Spencer the chance to someday go pro. You know what that means. His family would get a better life. It's all about the relationship, a coach, a player, and they both have everything to lose. All-American has my personal R.J. Bell thumbs up. I tell you guys, a lot of people are talking about this, people you wouldn't expect, and I think it's one not to miss. That's All-American, the incredible new series, Wednesdays, only on The CW and The CW app. A lot of action down the stretch here. Monday Night Football. Falcons favored by five and a half. Early line move on the Falcons hosting the Giants. Only leans here. Fez, you're on the Giants. Yeah, I lean Giants, of course. I'm worried about Eli, and I'm worried about the chemistry. But this Atlanta team, let's face it, RJ, I think we got away with one. We bet the Falcons, and maybe that's the last time we go against the Falcons. The uh, we that we bet on the Falcons going forward, at least until these injuries clear up. We all know their defense is a C because of the injuries. But look at the offense now. They're running back, starting running back Freeman out for the year and of major concern. Two wide receivers show up as questionable. Sanu and, of course, their, uh, their rookie wide receiver as well. So Julio Jones is going to have to do it all with Matty Ryan. And they, they're going to have to do that to cover Eileen Giants. Do the Falcons only play at home? This yeah. is like, I mean, all 16 games. Feels like. <laughs> I mean, what is this, like five out of six? Yeah, because they played the New Orleans and the Bengal game, both at home, and both. Um, there's just so much fun to watch that you remember the games. I mean, and, and like we said, it was 104 points in the last three before last week. But you're talking position. So I'm always leery when there's a guy, that the fantasy guys are talking about, oh, he's out, but I'm not sure how good he both is. Both of those wide receivers are actually probable. Ridley and. Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu are both probable this week. Okay, they're not going to be 100, percent but they are both probable already. So how Usually would you if ca- they're probable on Wednesday morning? That means they're in pretty good shape. So how would you characterize the the health of the Atlanta offense? I would say because they lost a running back, right? Yeah, D- Freeman's such a big loss for them. He was the power back, and what's he left- worth? What's he worth, Fez? 
He's worth half a point. Yeah, I agree. Coleman's good. Um, uh, I mean, their offense is okay, but that defense hasn't gotten any better. None of these guys are coming back from injury on the defensive side of the ball, and it shows up every single week. They don't stop anybody either. My theory when I bet Atlanta and cashed was that these are NFL players. Give them three, four, five, six weeks. They're going to get better together. Not as good as the players they replaced. Do you think generally that's the case? I do sometimes, but in this case, look, this defense, I mean, you know what happened last week. And you keep <laughs> saying cash. But, I mean, I, you know, look, I laid one and three or with Pittsburgh early when they went to one and a half the other way. And Fez beat you last week, taking three with Miami when he could have had seven. Those kind of things happen, and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, the Atlanta Falcons offense, defense hasn't got to stop in a month. Tell me the last time they got to stop. Business we've chosen. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. This is the business we've chosen. Got to roll with the punches, Maddie. Yeah. All right. So you do, though, lean Giants. Why not like? Because Eli Manning, you know, Fez talked about his one through 30, 32 ranked quarterbacks. Eli Manning's number 32 on mine. It is just number 32. Some of the mistakes he makes for a guy with his ability are inconceivable. And and there's some throws now that are professional NFL quarterback throws that Eli Manning cannot make anymore. I mean, it's an old dink and dunk, right? He, I mean, he just won't go downfield. He, he cannot make certain throws anymore physically. Hmm. I've got an Eli theory. Let, let's tease this for next week. We've had a lot of digressions here or so, and we're almost at 90 minutes. How On a scale of 1 to 100, with 100 the worst decision ever, how do you rank the decision or rate the decision to pass on Sam Darn or pass on a quarterback for the Giants? Let's just call it free agency and draft combined. Mm-hmm. Pass on taking some replacement to Eli Manning. I consider it 100 being the worst. I consider it about a 90. Fast. 87. So bad, bad. Yeah. And I, only because Barkley has been really so good. good. Yeah. That it wouldn't be worse. Yes. I've got a counterpoint and, and this will be a good tease. Next week we'll talk about it unless the Giants have a bye and then we'll do it the week after. All right. Next game. It's that time. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. All right, Sunday night football first, and then crossfire to end it all. And by the way, in the crossfire, Dave Esler has a pick, so he'll be sort of the deciding factor. I'm guessing he's fading Maddie. Chiefs <laughs> favored by six over the Bengals. You like Casey. Yeah, I really like this spot. When I went through the injury reports this week, and again, I said they were somewhat lighter this week, not as many impactful players. Cincinnati still has one of the worst. Starting center still out. Starting defensive tackle still out. Giovanni Bernard still out. Tyler Eifert still out. A lot of guys out for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, look, you can't downgrade the Kansas City Chiefs at all coming off that Patriots game. Down 24-9 at half. Rally late to tie that game at 40-40. to I mean, Pat Mahomes is the real deal the way this team's playing now. And all of a sudden, a really beat up, banged up Cincinnati Bengals team has to go down on the road to Kansas City. I don't think any momentum loss last week for the Chiefs. They can hold their high knowing that they scored 40 points on the road in Foxborough. I think tall task asking the beat up Bengals to hang with the Chiefs. We talked about this in straight out of Vegas. 
I think it's fair you upgrade the Chiefs off of last week. Sure. Right? They lost the game right around the number, though they covered. Because as we talked about, Belichick, this was a stat ESPN had, younger than 25-year quarterbacks, 24 younger, I guess, is the way to think about it, since 2001 were 0-23 in New England. It showed in the first half if it was the brightest of the bright lights because, you know, Monday night against Denver is not quite the same as this. Belichick with the tricks. Come that second half, it felt like that he that, that, that uh, Mahomes was comfortable. Not his second year or third year, the second half of the game. Feels like he's a fast learner, man. And it sure felt like if they're going to play a third half going tied into that, Ooh. who are we going to bet on? Yeah. Give me no some question. chefs. Yeah. yeah, that's I had never thought of it that way. Fez, you only lean Kansas City. What's holding you back? Such a big game against New England. I hate mm. I hate laying points with a team that just had a monster game the week before. But it's close. And the reason it's close, I want to go against my Bengals. What do we know about my Bengals, RJ? Well, you know about my Bengals. They don't win big games. And they don't win in prime time. Here's some numbers for you. And they did beat Baltimore in prime time this year. Marvin Lewis... 9-31 and 31 straight up in primetime. Think about it. The Bengals have won more games than lost over his career, but he's winning tw- less than 25% of the primetime, and th- that counts playoff games, obviously. And then Andy Dalton, 6-19 and 19 straight up. These guys do not shine under the bright lights. And if you look at Dalton's passer rating uh, in, in nighttime games, very poor, too. Yeah. I, I think the Chiefs are maybe sort of like... We were talking about the Rams is they're not used to playing such a tough game, then being a big favorite and deciding, you know, do can they give a hundred again? Because I tell you this, the Chiefs schedule has been brutal. Read their schedule, Fez. Take it. You got you got the schedule in front of you? I do not have the schedule. Can you pull it out, man? I always have the schedule. I know. That's what is why, wrong with me? I've got my I was beat up you. booklet and I I'm didn't gonna, bring when, it to When Maddie pulls it up, I'm gonna play a little music for us. Okay. Read him. At the LA Chargers. Tough one, game. 38 to 28. At Pittsburgh Tough Steelers. Game. One forty-two to thirty-seven, at home against the Jimmy G Forty-Niners. Yeah, yeah. One thirty-eight to twenty-seven at Denver Monday night. One twenty-seven twenty-three at home against Jacksonville Jaguars. One thirty to fourteen on the road at New England. Jesus, lost forty-three to forty. The easy game was at Denver in altitude. <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's a schedule. I mean, that's by far the toughest schedule yes. so far. And it'll be misleading because people will evaluate it like, oh, the Niners aren't very that good. That was a good point. Right. That yes. was a good And, and, he played and Denver's not that good, but at altitude, first, Early in the first, year. first primetime game for Mahomes. I, boy, I think this Chiefs team. Let me ask you, Fez, because there's been Andy Reid's scheme changes. They do well early. We saw it last year. Wrestling catches up. I think Kansas City's a better team the first week of the playoffs than they are today, going against that idea of this is all scheme. I think Mahomes' evolution and the team's just generally young. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And anyone who's watching the Chiefs, when you see that Tyreek Hill, oh man, it is just like video games. I mean, he, 
I've never seen anything. New England never gives up touchdown bombs, and they score two 70 and 75 yard touchdown passes in the second half. And what does New England's deep pride themselves on? You can move the ball between the 20s. Being slow. Yeah, you move the ball between the 20s, but we're not letting you have that big play. They had two of them in the second half. All right, guys, last game. Our second crossfire. Auto bet, auto bet. But it's a $500. Uh, oh, no, no. It's our second best bet. We only go two on this. We don't want people getting conservative and be afraid to make picks. So $200, because if it's the first best bet, it's 500 Fez, it is your second best bet, though. We're going to let you take off. Yeah, lead. so... Jacksonville minus five hosting Houston. So Houston, a team I was high on early in the year, amazingly has won their last three games. And people are like, Fez, right, right good, when you jumped up. good call on Houston having them higher in your power ratings. Well, it's not about them winning three in a row. It's about their opponents losing three in a row. Indianapolis arguably went for it in overtime when they shouldn't. And then Dallas didn't go for it in overtime when they should have, and then Buffalo had to put in the Peterman experiment to throw a pick six to hand them a game that they really had no business winning as well. So three straight, very fortunate wins. Contrast that with Jacksonville. Jacksonville just got blasted in back-to-back games against very a very good Kansas City team, and then Dallas. Sometimes, you know what? It's the National Football League. Sometimes the ball just bounces wrong and you have the wrong schemes. Dak ran all over him and Zeke and they lost 40-7. to I am convinced Jacksonville is the better team and off back-to-back losses coming home against a team, Houston, that has struggled all year long on defense and Watson now with the chest injury. I think Jacksonville blows them out. Go back. I thought for sure, Fez, the way that Fez rates players, when I came in today, I said, boy, one thing's for sure. Fez and I are both going to be on the same side of this Jacksonville Jaguars game. Houston might have just barely won three straight, but Jacksonville has got blasted in three of their last four games, including only scoring six points at home against the Tennessee Titans, only scoring seven points in a 40-7 to drubbing against the Dallas Cowboys. One thing we know about the Jacksonville Jaguars this year is with no Leonard Fournette and a banged-up T.J. Yeldon, this isn't the same team. This team last year ran the football first, played the best defense in the NFL, and and were able to play action pass with Blake Bortles. Left tackle was out, too. That's right. And with no running game whatsoever at all anymore, they're not able to play action pass, which means Blake Bortles has to be the initiate, you know, the ignition of the offense. That's not a very good situation for Jacksonville. Look, and all of a sudden, this, this Houston defense that I was all over as being bad early in the year is starting to play good. And who leads the league in sacks? J.J. Watt. What do you need to do to play good defense in 2018 NFL? Pressure the quarterback. No running game for Jacksonville against the league leader in sacks. Laying more than a field goal with a team that can't score has scored single digits now, two. And their only win in their last four games against the New York Jets, I'm taking the five. Ooh, ooh. Boy, I agree with Maddie a ton here. Fez, at what point do we reconsider that Jacksonville's just not that good? When their stats go And what's south. your stats say? Stats say they're really good. They're the averaging stats when they're down by thirty in the fourth in these games, and they're throwing it against. They've played six games and they lost by what 
30 plus against Kansas City? How much was it against Kansas City? 30 to 14 against Kansas City. And then Blake Bortles, four interceptions. Well, he's Blake Bortles. He Nine is. to six at home against Tennessee. Jacksonville, on the basic metric of the yards per play differential, Jacksonville has been plus .8 all year long. It's never wavered. It's been super consistent. They can't run the ball. Hey, I know I'd like to have Fournette, but he's just not that good. And they've been averaging four and a half yards per play. And now Yeldon's banged up. And so now Yeldon's average four point five yards per game. This Yeldon's week. supposed to play, right? Okay, he's banged so up. No I mean, he has net. to take extra carries, and he's hurt. You know what I would do here? Tell me if you agree with this, Maddie. I would bet the Texans on the money line. This feels like a high variance game, Good. right? I agree because Jacksonville has also also always been a high value team the last couple years is when they get out in front, they're very good front runners. But as we've seen this season, when they get behind single digits against Dallas, single digits against Tennessee, when Blake Bortles gets down early, he cannot rally. I think RJ invented that whole entire handicap of fading Jacksonville went down by 10 points. You've been preaching that for years. Thank you. Now, Fez. You got me on one. We had, let, let me out. You don't know this. So real quick, it was the Raiders, obviously, in London against Seattle. Line was three, Seattle. <laughs> I said, yeah, I blocked it out. I said, I want Raiders minus 13 and a half. What would you, what, what's my plus money? So what would you book that at real quick? Just first instinct. <clears throat> Raiders minus 13 and a half. Yeah. So three point dog minus 13 and a half. I'd probably give you like plus sixteen hundred. Ooh, Fez gave me fourteen hundred. I gobbled it up quick, quick, quick. We did the database search. Every three point dog, how many times they went by thirteen and a half? More? It was exactly ten percent. So it would have been nine to one. Yep. Plus, we had the high variance of London. Well, we did have high variance the other way. So I lost hundred to win fourteen. I lost Fez. Now, five and a half point favorite. I, I want Texans minus 13 and a half. Texans minus 13. So you're doing a 19 point pleaser. Yeah. Well, I know I made a mistake last time. No, did you? You, you made 100 bucks is what you did. I'll give you 14 to 1. Again. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you put the fair price at, Vig? I mean, I just said 16 on the last one. I think you should probably get like 17 on this one. Yeah. Okay. So take your business to the greedy bookmaker. <laughs> I don't want to give it. <laughs> oh, wait. So get, how's this sound? Give me 16, 15, <laughs> 15 and a half deal. <laughs> only, only because you put that hundred dollars in my PayPal midway through the second quarter in the London game. You know, it's funny though. He's got a team that got beat by 16 and got beat by 33. Yeah. Giving me plus 15, 50, 15 and a half, that they don't get beat again badly. There's something's wrong with that team. I know. Fundamental. Oh, you, Fez looks worried right now. I almost think there's a cancer diagnosis something's coming. Something's wrong with the, uh, with that Houston team and Watson as well. Mac, you want 10 bucks of this? They finally seem to be coming at least stabilized. I don't think they're great. I think they were overrated from preseason expectations. But I think they are what they are now, which is a slightly above average football team. Because Mackey gave me such good insight earlier. I'm giving him 10 bucks of mine, Fez. Yeah, that's fair. Just so you know. 
You don't like this bet now, do you? Well, well I feel better. You don't like this bet no, now. No, I tell you what, I feel better because if I lose, I'll know that Mackie will have a nice dinner and won't have to just order the chicken breast again. <laughs> well, when I'm paying, he orders two dinners. <laughs> hey, it's hard being the mayor. Okay, last two things. Esler has his last piece on this. And then real quick, we're going to hear about G2E from the boys. And uh, you guys may or may not want to listen. Let's let Esler break the tie on this Jacksonville game. Houston, Jacksonville, and what we might not be seeing. You guys know I've been anti-O'Brien and anti-Houston all season, but they're 3-3, three and three, and so is Jacksonville, who was just brought back to earth at Kansas City and at Dallas. In those two games, they allowed 802 yards. Here's something for you guys to expound on. Does the rule change make Jacksonville a mediocre defense? I think it might. Jacksonville's only good win at New England, very predictable. Jacksonville lost to Mariota, Prescott, and Mahomes, who are all very mobile quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson is not stationary. Jacksonville hasn't had anyone rush for more than 58 yards in a game. I know Fournette may be back, but right now he's not. So what I see here is two teams heading in opposite directions. I think the free world will be on the Jaguars, and I will not. Oh, that's a sharp handicap, Maddie. You're starting to come around on Ashler. Watson is stationary. He has a bruised chest oh, and a do- bruised lung, RJ. A bruised lung! Who knows what that even means? Yeah, sure just, sounds good, though. He's just going to wear a flak jacket and be fine. Though. That's what I think. Two carries last week. But that thing about the mobile quarterback, if he is healthy, you're in trouble. That's a good point. And, and that's trouble anyway, because Jacksonville can't score any points. <laughs> Ooh, dog. Ooh, dog. Houston will score against themselves. Would you want against themselves? What are they going to run the wrong Pick way? Six. Would you want Texas minus 13 and a half? Hunter wins you 1550? Minus 13 and a half. Yeah. yeah. You want to give him another hundred? No, I'm. Oh, that's a sign, Mackie. How sharp, how set we are, baby. Fez gobbles it up like Pac Man when he likes. If it. I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose to you and Mackie, and not and not the oh. Vig. Ah. <laughs> You're never gonna live down being the Vig. That's okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but I got my beach house because of the Vig. All right, guys, bonus. And if you don't want to listen, we'll be back next week. Hey, college football was really strong. Subscribe. And also check out Straight Out of Vegas. All right, quick little bonus. All right, Maddie, tell us about G2E. Well, why don't you talk about the panel you were on first? Yes. All right, let Maddie be the host here. All apparently. right, I'll do it. No. I'll do it first. I'll give a better over, a bigger <laughs> overview of the whole conference. Then you can talk about your panel. So, I mean, G2E That's what is I was the thinking. largest gaming conference in the world. Basically, it's a lot bigger than ICE for anyone who goes to ICE. And this year, for the first time. Uh, they had a sports betting symposium at it, which was really just took the largest gaming conference in the world and made it that much more magnified and that many more eyeballs and people coming. Uh, we had Scott Van Pelt running a panel, a lot of the major uh, casino sports book guys running panels, uh, Kenny Gersh from MLB, some really great guys to sit down and listen to, and then, of course, all the people to connect with. If, if you've never been to G2E and you just try to like, walk the exhibit floor, someone who did it, uh, told me they walked over 11,000 steps. Now, you ever been to NAB, the uh, broadcaster? Of course, yeah. yeah how's, of the, how's the physical size? Because I've been to NAB. A little about, bit bigger. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. So what are you seeing? I mean, so you, integrity is more or less, hey, all these states are taking money, taking bets eventually, you know, in some states and then more. We 
got to have some culpability. We want to be involved in making sure these games aren't fixed. Is that a fair way to sure. think about it? I mean, basically what my company does, and we, we pull in real-time betting data from casinos and sports books. We pull in as much statistical and real-time data from leagues and other resources. We put it into a customizable dashboard so people could see both on a real-time and archive basis what's happening with the wagering activity and the events and how uh, activity within the events affects the wagering activity. So one thing that I found fascinating with the Straight Out of Vegas show is just how excited businesses are about being able to get into sports betting. Yes. Um, I mean, first of all, think about it. It's Dan Patrick on Fox Sports Radio, Colin Cowherd, Doug Gottlieb, then us, 6 o'clock Eastern. I mean, th- again, I-, I find myself... I'm comfortable or I feel good about my talents as a broadcaster, but that's crazy. That's like playing basketball against LeBron and, you know, and some of it is they love the show, some of it and what we're doing, but some of it is just people are just begging to buy time because it's sports books. It's whatever's going on. Daily fantasy seeing the crossover. So let me ask you this question. What did you see at G2E that surprised you? Because you're, I, and I'm going to say it with a smile, but it's true. I think you got a, uh, a really unique vision of the industry. Of all the bookmakers, and I say this genuinely, Matty Holt knows his stuff. There's a lot of, like, and, and I don't want to talk about anyone in particular, but there's been some guys from outside this industry that came in, maybe from Wall Street, whatever, that's like, oh, these guys all are, you know, two levels below me. I'm going to use my... You know, high tech math, high tech this, whatever business practices, they haven't been successful. Maddie's, the, in my opinion, the best combination of a guy that learned from the old school, but you've got a visionary perspective where you are not. You know, you're you're forty years old, right? A young guy, you got twenty five years left in your career in theory, unless there's the big payday, and you aren't stuck in the past like a lot of the Vegas guys are, in my opinion. Sure. So I don't think much would have surprised you, but what surprised you? Well, the one thing that did surprise me a little bit is the willingness for companies that have engaged in some aspect for years and years. And let's use one of the you know mergers that got announced at the conference, Cy Games buying Don Best. These companies now aren't just trying to be one singular service, like we run a sports book or we provide technology or we provide integrity. We're seeing large mergers with you know lots of different big companies and big firms with the end goal being we all want to be that one-stop shop that can go across America and say we have a platform, we have risk management, we have odds creation, we have in-play wagering odds creation, we have in- everything. And now because of that, we're seeing people that really wouldn't or didn't work together for years suddenly doing these big giant mergers. Hmm. And is that good or bad, do you think? I think it's great. I think it's Why? good when companies work with companies. Because but when you buy a company, it's your company. Yeah, now, because right? the most of these companies are American. And at the end of the day, uh, all I heard for years and years is Europe's had sports betting forever. They have a mature marketplace. They know how to do it better than us in the United States. And these big Americans. You don't think that's true? I don't. And I think the FanDuel thing proved it because you saw every European operator go, oh, my God, we never would have paid that bet. It's an obvious error. And then people said, well, in the United States, we consider you 
selling that ticket to the consumer or contract. And this is how we do it in the U.S. And we don't need anybody to come over here and tell us how to do it. There's been people doing it here for 60 years really successfully. And I like the fact that we're trying to merge, cooperate, collaborate, do it together because we don't need to bring in people from international to show us how to do it. We're here doing it on our own. And so far, so good. Mm, good stuff. Now, I was on the day or two after the Supreme Court in late spring, I was on Closing Bell on CNBC and they asked me a question, who's going to dominate on the sportsbook side? And what I said, I think is coming to fruition. I want to see if you agree. I said, chances are in five years, top three operators in the country, I doubt that any will be a Vegas book, you know, a, a Vegas first book. And I would say William Hill is not a Vegas first book. So take them out. Uh, I mean, what percentage of their handle is Nevada versus Europe? William Hill, would you say? I don't know, but in America they are. William Hill U.S. Yeah, it's is a Vegas a, first yeah, It's just a tax thing or whatever. I know, right? but it's not like they started now, post-PASPA. They were years pre-PASPA. I think no, I they're the one that you give a pass because they're five years pre-PASPA minimum. But what, And maybe you're right in that they, that causes even more optimism for them because they both have what I consider to be some European advantages. Maybe not, like you said, a wipeout, yeah. but... And but they do have the Vegas experience or the Nevada U.S. experience too. Sure. But my thought was, chances are that the 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 two other big players or the big players would be someone you've never heard of, a startup that is a Silicon Valley. They raised forty million, and it comes out of nowhere. It was one because to me, no, I, you disagree with that. Yep. Why? I just think here's here would be my three. Uh, oh, but but why that, if you don't mind? Because I'm going to I want to push back once once you respond. I don't know. Here's what I've tend to found in my life. So a lot of the properties you're going to go to, I think you'd agree with either be lotteries or big casino properties. You know, where are they? These startups going to be able to get spots? Everyone that's getting licenses in the United States to start is a pre-existing gaming license, casino, racetrack, lottery. So does how is it, does the daily fantasy people fall into that? They got a casino license in New Jersey, both of them. DraftKings. I mean, how recently though? FanDuel works out of a racetrack, Meadowlands. Yeah, but how recently did they get the license? They they work out of a licensed gaming which you have to have a brick and mortar licensed gaming operation there. They work out of Meadowlands brick and mortar. You're speaking racetrack. in present tense. How long have they done that? I mean, we just started in the U.S. You think that's going to suddenly no, end with but what I'm saying years? is they went and some new companies are going to come in and take over the world in that space? No, no. But what I'm hearing you say is they got a license, which is like, but a, but six months ago they didn't have it. So why couldn't another company do the same thing? They could, but it's hard to break through and get a gaming license at a brick and mortar location. FanDuel had a big name behind him, yeah. not just money. But that could be good or bad because it, was, it was a it was a shaky name yeah, in some way. Well, you know that it was a name that everyone knew. You know these guys are going to want to go. If the if the only decision is, hey, FanDuel has money too, $40 million, that's nothing in this space. You have to park that much just to be able to take bets. Mm. Or I go with DraftKings or William Hill. The, the, the big names are going to win most of the big contracts. Mm. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. No, no, no. Stir, but be a top three in five years. Here's why. And again, the fact you disagree with me makes me feel less strongly because you, you're my default guy sure. on this. But let me ask you a question. Forget what side you just took. Mm -hmm. What do you think the main differentiation is going to be 
in, in, in who succeeds in five years? What skill, what one skill, if you were starting a company that was trying to compete with William Hill, what would be the one skill you'd like to be dominant at? Customer acquisition. See, I think customer acquisition is like widgets, meaning if you can do it for porn, if you can do it for vacations, you can do it for any, you know, to me, it's user experience on an app. We know it's, do you agree that we're moving towards app, app, app? Yes, but the apps are all so good now. That are really? Good now. The new ones are all I so think they're, good. which new? Have you seen there, any of the new New Jersey ones, the FanDuel ones or anything? Okay, so you're saying no, like the, the none of the new SB ones, techs. none of the new ones are in Nevada? Not really, no. There's Why not? about to be a new stadium tech one launched. They either haven't got through the gaming uh, uh, labs here or they, the timing wasn't right. We don't really have any brand new ones here. So I haven't seen the ones in Jersey. Fez, I mean, I think we would all let, and again, we don't want, Maddie doesn't want to say bad things, even, I'm not saying you even feel them. So we respect that though. You don't like the UX on the apps in Nevada at all, right, Fez? No, there's a lot of room for improvement. Now, maybe that happens. Here's what I know. This is an amazing stat. And I'm reading a book about Snapchat, so it's really got me thinking about it, is I think it's 72% by last one, but it could be off. If you look at the top six apps, so Facebook, Snapchat, just go through Twitter, there's the the big boys have 72% of the app usage. And think about it. Most people have like 19 or 29 apps, but they use like five. How many apps do you have on your phone, Fez? I mean, forgetting the betting apps. Well, that's like a third of them. Yeah. 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 But most 20, 25. Pe- yeah. And how many do, other than the sports betting apps do you use on a regular basis? Two to three. Right. And which ones are they? I look at the like the little lifestyle. How many how many uh, miles I walk each day? Okay, okay. Uh, and my, my mail, of course. And- yeah. So I mean, it's Google, Google app. You know. So to me, why is that? It's because it's so hard to make a seamless experience. I believe that the I think bookmaking is a commodity. Book. Let's be candid. It's not going to be too far before an algorithm is going to be doing most bookmaking. Okay. Do you agree with that? Um. And even if it's not, you pay someone, you know, I, I, you know, Avello, whatever, made a bunch of money. And look and, at the end of the day, everyone says sharp, sharp, sharp. William Hill kicks everybody out. Go try to find someone in this town who can make a bet at William Hill who's sharp. Yet the most, the high, you know, the the fastest riser in this space right now is William Hill, which I predicted, right, Fez? Fez, yeah. you were hoping not about Hill. I was saying this is going to make yeah, there be less sharp, tolerance for sharp. Every sharp guy says, "Oh, William Hill will fail. They won't take a bet." They've done th- over 35% year-over-year increases it, in revenue, and they're the fastest riser. It's like the old Georgia Championship wrestling fan saying the WWE wasn't going to make That's it. Right. The, the, yeah. and But, Fads, you were hoping, hey, there's more liquidity. They won't mind the sharp action. Exactly. I thought wildfire Tommy Rich would become the world champion. <laughs> yeah. He did for three days. <laughs> I think it was. So, okay. So, I think UX, you're saying UX is a commodity. Boy, I don't see that. But maybe FanDuel, that's one, one reason I think the FanDuels have so many reps with people doing quasi-bets that maybe the FanDuel is the one. Did the FanDuel develop their own app? Uh, yeah, pretty sure. All right, but you're saying there's a Playtech or something that's really good too. Yeah, there's SB Tech that has their own. There's Playtech. There's Stadium Tech. Stadium Tech here in Nevada, great company there. They have an app that's new coming out. There's a lot of good ones. And the new ones are getting better and better and better. Mm. And they're not that far apart. I that's going to we just disagree because I think there's only probably 10 good apps in the world. 
the idea that sports betting is going to have one of them. But all right, but you agree that sports bookmaking is a commodity. But no one's going there to socialize with their friends. Every sports betting app is simple. It's basically a point of sale mechanism. Yeah, but see, now this is going to I mean, get, unless you go into like the Apple idea of you know making a bet on Apple TV using your Apple Pay account, which yeah, maybe that's that's probably coming, and those companies are going to have a big impact, in my opinion, on what happens in sports betting. But if you, uh, my opinion is, if you could only have one tool, would you rather have customer acquisition or a good UI on an app? I think I'd have rather have good customer acquisition skills. You say, make up an interesting point because if you think back in technology, Microsoft dominated because they owned the desktop. Then Google came along and said, "We're going to sit on top of the desktop and be the front page of the internet." Then Google dominated. Then Facebook came along and said, we're going to sit on top of Google. And Facebook is dominated. Think about your TV. It used to be the cable companies who you interfaced with. But now you're interfacing with your smart TV provider. Yeah. Roku, Apple TV. So I always thought it'd be the leagues, the TV networks, and the bookmakers with the in-game betting. But maybe it's the leagues, the bookmaker and Apple TV or Roku that for the in-game betting. Sure. And I could tell you that I was in a, I mean, I, I was part of the first ever bet cast last Saturday where uh, we had the live play by play person from the Las Vegas lights, their last game of the season. We had the president of the lights, a bunch of people down where we actually did a live play by play broadcast of the Las Vegas lights here with sponsored by William Hill with William Hills rolling odds on it. And it got an unbelievably resounding response. And I believe that's where the ESPN and media companies come in here in the very near future is like things like ESPN plus where you can watch LSU Alabama on so like a second feed, like they do in the national championship sure. game. Yeah. You can watch it on ABC regular, or you can watch it on ESPN plus where you can get William Hill or whoever pays enough to sponsor it odds right there rolling throughout the entire time in the broadcasters talking about what impact on those betting odds did that 40 yard pass just have. But when the rolling odds are able to be bet from your remote control, that's the next level, right? Yes. Okay, fascinating. Now, Fez, you were you were on a featured panel. They said, hey, listen, Bill Simmons said this about Fez. Fez is the number one gambler right now. So they said, let's have him on. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we talked. I think the most interesting aspect of sports betting was innovation, in particular live betting that's been targeted as the number one growth opportunity going forward, being able to bet after the game starts. And the question is, how do you do it right? Integrity wise, when you're watching on TV on high definition, that play is over, has been over 14 seconds before you actually get to see it. So although the idea of betting on whether the player is going to make the next free throw or not, it sounds so sexy. So, some of that is the delay because of curse words and stuff. Right. There's and, all kinds of technicality. Yeah. Some of them have to do is because some of these feeds have to bounce up to a satellite first and and then bounce back down. Some of them are for editing. And and so because of the whole integrity issue of you don't want a situation and they vary greatly. I'm sorry to interrupt, but they vary greatly between like four seconds to like what he said, 15. Yeah, up to up to 15. So you don't want a situation of integrity where someone's betting on something that's already been determined. And now you get an opportunity that the provider could pass post them. So the typical Don Best is one of the big bets they made, correct me if I'm wrong, a couple years ago was in game. Correct. 
and they've got uh, some of it's an algorithm, some of it is someone supervising. Is that a fair way to say it? They have an incredibly smart guy named Craig running it. And we had me, you, and him were talking down at the Cosmo, right? Yes. Okay, he was quite sharp, really sharp. Um, but but in general, he's not making lines every play, right? Algorithm, he's looking at an algorithm, yeah. and he's seeing yeah. if he sees something he doesn't like. Is he, what feed is that guy? And let's not talk about that particular guy, but that guy in theory, is he watching, what's the delay on his feed? Does he know the next play when he, when the odds are being it put It varies up? greatly on what type of feeds you can get from different leagues for different sports. And they, they're called dirty feeds or unedited feeds that you pull in. And the, the type and the style and the quality of those you can get varies greatly. In fact, sometimes those feeds are even still so slow that these guys do it off radio. Because radio is so much faster. Because radio doesn't have the the technical satellite yeah. issues. Wow! And so, Guys, have you? Do you ever try to listen to games on radio? I've tried it. It's certainly sometimes you can get ahead of the odds maker before they they change the odds. But sometimes the opposite's true, RJ. Where I won't listen to the radio, I can actually tell what's going to happen on the next play. I can tell what's gonna because happen. I see the odds change. I'm like, oh, the quarterback oh. either got sacked or there's a holding call here because of the way the odds change. Do you know how some people get premonitions? I'm one of them. <laughs> so you're saying you're playing, but if you're playing against the dirtiness of the odds, then how can you play against the odds in any other way? Well, the safe, the safe way to play, and what I think is the right way to do this as, as a first phase, is just offer the odds during TV commercials when you have the two and a half minutes. It's really difficult uh. to deal these odds after each and every play. What, what percentage of in-game batting handle would you guess, Maddie? is on the breaks, what percentage is is truly within the play? Unfortunately, in the U.S. right now, it's probably 75% on the breaks, and that is only because most of the big providers here, and at least some of the big providers here in Nevada, are still dealing only on breaks, which is really archaic, considering the new and innovative providers are dealing a consistent line throughout the game. And in five years, what would you guess that split is? 80-20 the other way. Okay. Faz, you perked up there. Yeah, I don't think it's viable. I just think that the average person is watching his Sunday night football in high definition, and there's just not enough time between between plays for him to get his bet in customer service. But once they figure out, imagine it's on the TV or second screen with no latency. And that's but if a- they only let you bet a hundred bucks, there's plenty of time. Yeah, but think about it. if there's only if they only give you one. Let's say they do have an algorithm that not only creates the odds, but they know in any given situation what gets bet the most. And let's say Kobe's on the free throw line, so will we make two? Whatever. If it's thrown up there and it's an A B or maybe an A B C type bat, you just gotta press A B or C and you got your default bat. All of a sudden now it's not you making decisions and you are like Mozart with all it's A B or C and the odds are just just hitting you every play. I still don't think the average person's gonna have time. He's gonna want to bet it after Kobe dribbles it once and he's looking up and now what well, betting's gotta be off before he releases. If you it. just gotta hit A, B, or C. It's kinda like the Sully movie where he's like, Can we enter into reality now, RJ? It's like you need a little time to process what's going on after the birds hit your cockpit. Did you use that line at, on the panel? No. <laughs> <laughs> now Funny, I'm glad because I was ner- I'm glad you put the pit on the end of that first part because I was getting nervous for a second. <laughs> with, with what now? You know, when he said the bird, I all I heard was birds and then 
you know, the first word before pit. And I'm thinking, where the heck is he going with this? <laughs> all right. <laughs> so listen, got dirty. All joking aside. I mean, guys, think about this. Fezzik. I mean, ESPN came out, sent a film crew with Michelle Steele a couple years ago just to watch Fezzik bet in game. Now, that is an in game better. Follow him on Twitter at Fezzik Sports, F E Z Z I K. Maddie Holt. You loved you got like seven Twitter handles. At US you got Integrity. you got no famous people willing to do any kind of read no, for you. I mean you keep saying it's been like a year. Hold on, real quick. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. What's yours, Matty? Uh at US Integrity. Doesn't sound near as good then. At Matthew Holt VP. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.